Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and Av, I'm often never honest with you. And I'm Av Sinensky, and Alex, the next time we podcast, you better set your alarm clock for 7 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) A pre-podcast reference there by Av. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We are here today to discuss Season 9, Episode 4, Running with the Bulls, which originally aired on October 22nd, 2017. And I have to say, this is a terrible name for this episode. Yeah, it kind of it's just like it buries the lead. I mean, I guess it's kind of the lead, but it's like not really the lead. It's like it's like I officially like the main storyline of the episode is this funeral. Like that's kind of like the through line. But it's like, not even a thing at all. That yeah. happened. It's, it's a reference to something which right. allegedly happened off screen to a minor character. You don't care about <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and it's right. It's like so insignificant to what this episode's about. Yeah, it's yeah. very strange. Very yeah. strange. Well, let's uh, come up with the, I have a couple of agree. ideas, but let's come up with some other names as we watch the episode. OK. Um, any other business or should we hop right in? Um, I thought it was interesting. I saw today, um, you know, we have an episode coming up and I think it's in two episodes. I think it's season four, episode six. So three episodes, whatever, um, called the accidental text yes. on purpose. Like Bill Belichick, for example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I accidentally screwed over the New York giants and the Miami Dolphins. What that's am I today's, done? That's today's news that Bill Belichick did an accidental text on purpose. To, uh, you'd get the, yeah, get, you know, racism exposed and alleged racism yeah. um probably very, racism very very confusing to me how uh bill balichek would uh, accidentally make that mistake but you know well he, presumably he just had someone in his phone as brian that he thought was that brian like, yeah that, that doesn't yeah. seem that hard that I happens mean, to people like look you have we have jared jerome here who has gives every single person okay, an old, jared jerome's old, an like, idiot bill idiosyncratic an nickname idiot. <laughs> bill balichek probably has like 25 brian's on his phone Okay. Well, right. I mean, I mean, obviously that's what happened, right? Yeah. He had Brian and his- well, I mean, okay, obviously, so that that, obviously that's what he claims happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I doubt this is. Yeah, this, I mean, the yeah. odds what, that this is like what's in it from Belichick? <laughs> Maybe there's like a one in a million chance this will, yeah, exactly. Um, like, you know, like his plan was that yeah. he was going to send this text and then yeah, causing exactly. Brian Flores to file a lawsuit. Yeah, like, no, like, exactly. Um, I mean, he does come off like a complete asshole, but um, he's Bill Belichick, so. I, I mean, he comes off like a guy who doesn't know how to use his phone properly and didn't yeah. save his contact properly. Probably he thought he was he thought he was saying like you know good you know congratulations to his friend or whatever. Yeah, but what probably. is like where where does Belichick have this information from? A team is telling like him what they're going to do before they're telling the candidate. Um. Well, I I think it's probable that Dayball knew. Even if like they didn't have like a written contract yet, they there's a yeah. decent chance that they told him, "All right, the job is like we like we're hiring you." Yeah, and then you know word gets around. Yeah, well, yeah, who knows? There's a, there's I mean, a like, he's Bill Belichick. He's probably well connected, very well yeah. connected in like the coaching circuit of the NFL. Like he hears yeah. things. Maybe it's like the other team has to, you know, like have how you ask, ask your uh, your your fiance's 
father's hand a permission for his daughter's hand. So it's like they give Belichick a call. Hey, we're hiring Dayball. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I always say in general when it comes to these things, like people just like severely underestimate like how small of like a world of people like NFL coaches and front offices is. It's like a couple hundred people. Yeah. Um, and like everybody knows everybody. So it's like when like people are like making like hiring decisions and all sorts of these different things, like so much of it is like just on personal reputation more yeah. than like you know, you know, they're not like studying film, you know, these owners like it's just like, you know, you get around. Everyone's like, this guy's great. He's a you know, he's a stud. He's the next up and comer or whatever. Um, and like, that's what people are like doing a lot of this stuff on. Like, yeah, people, although like, that's also happening much less frequently than historically. That's the only way it happened. And now right. people are thinking outside the box a little bit, which is leading sure, to, which is why some people. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, but yeah, like Bill Belichick knows what's going on. Yeah, with coaching this is 32 yeah. fans, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we got yeah. on. All oh, right, because it was an accidental text on purpose. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll be there a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll hope, hopefully there'll be some uh, further developments or maybe some more like, mm. you know, highly notable accidental texts on purpose the next few weeks. Yeah. That uh, happen in the news. Maybe mm. it'll become I mean, a trend. Speak, speaking of sports, uh, the Chicago Bulls are a basketball team and uh, running is a sport as well. <laughs> all right. Shall we do uh, some running with the Bulls? Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Yeah, season nine, episode four, running with the bulls. Have you yeah. ever run with the bulls? I have not run with any bulls. <laughs> have you ever have you ever attended the running of the bulls in any capacity? No, I mean I've attended Chicago Bulls games, but that's uh-huh. not it. Yeah. And were there, did any of the bulls run? Yeah, so I did see some uh, running bulls constantly. Yes. Yeah, so you, mm-hmm. you saw the running of the bulls. Yeah, close enough. Um, I don't know if I've ever been to a bulls game. None, none come to mind. Mm. I've gone to a bunch of Knicks games and Nets games over the years, but I can't recall. Chicago was never a visiting game. team. I mean, they may have been like, I just don't remember. Oh, because I like, feel like that was remember. usually the special occasion, especially when we were kids. Yeah, no, I definitely like, never like went Michael to Jordan's like... last game in Minnesota was like the yes, only one I went. Right. To. It was like... So I did not go to that. Yeah. I would remember if I was at Jordan's like last game at the garden where he scored 55 points. Yeah. I probably recall that. I was yeah. not there. I definitely yeah. never saw it. Like, Pro- probably a, a harder ticket to buy. I mean, it was a I hard definitely ticket never saw uh, the Jordan Bulls play. Okay, but it's yeah. possible that like I went to like a Knicks game in like 2006 that was against the Bulls and like I, I actually saw them play twice. I saw them play in Toronto once when I was living in Toronto for the year mm-hmm. with Damon Stoudemire and company. Toronto was very bad. But, uh, they played the Bulls and the game was in the Sky Dome, which means it was like, have you ever been to a basketball game in a football baseball stadium? No, I've only been to basketball games and basketball arenas. Yeah, that's the normal place for them. <laughs> it's very strange because just half of the half of the stadium is just like the lights are off and it's like it's like being backstage in a concert, except it's half of an arena. Uh huh. Or half yeah, of the stadium, I should say, because you know, right. Sky Dome fits fifty five thousand, and they yeah they try to make so it's like half they try to make it like a theater, but you can just if you're a teenager you can just sort of walk back there until security comes and yells at you, and there's just like you know thousands and thousands of empty seats in the dark basically. Yeah. Um, so like so. So I assume you've never have you ever been to Spain? I've been to Spain, but I haven't run with any bulls. Oh, have you literally yeah. been to running with the bulls? No, of course not. Oh, <laughs> You're insane. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the last... I don't know. That's how you, you asked me. I thought maybe that's no, like the last that. possible thing I would go to. Is well, I don't also, mean, like I don't mean you would start prancing <laughs> down wearing like, that. I, per- that I participated. Yeah, no, yeah, no but I definitely like, didn't participate. Know, I don't know. You you watched from the stands. I don't know from the no, doors. No, no, <laughs> I've been to, I've been to Spain. I've never been to Pamplona. So just you know, we'll go further on this episode title: running with the bulls. It's, that's not even the name of the thing. The thing is called the running of the bulls. Yeah. I mean, I guess like they said that like uh, Funkhauser uh, Kenny was running with the Bulls, yeah, but that's he, not he, even what it's called. Well, he shouldn't have done that. He should have just let the Bulls run themselves. You should really get out of the way of Bulls that are running. Yeah. In general, when wild animals or humans are chasing you, you know, don't engage. 
Get out of the way. Yeah. We're going to start off. We're going to just, you know, we're just going to jump right into that first scene because, you know, it's pretty great. Oh, we hear the intro. We haven't heard that on this podcast before. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't. You know, I, oh, it's good. You know, I like it. I think the listeners hear it all the time. Simon Rusty told me to live my life. And, uh, you know, I'm not thinking about it as much as I used to. And so far, so good. That's great. Oh, I know what I want to talk to you about. I've been having this dream. Right. I've had it like three times. I'm in this room, and uh, there's all these virgins, beautiful virgins, <laughs> my God. And they all want to have sex with me. Wow. And I count, I keep counting them up, and I can only count 71. One, two, three, four, five, six. I can't think with my head, seven, eight, nine, ten, I'm tall. Sometimes I'll start off with one, two, three, four. Right, the head count. Are you expecting more or less? I'm expecting 72. What if you just miscounted? That's a possibility. So, were you tempted to have sex with Well, I wanted to. I, I don't see how, like, vivid this dream is, where he's, like, able to, like, count them. Or he thinks he's just, like, aware of the dream that he's counted somehow. And so that was Wait, hold on a second. You think you can't count in dreams? To 72? Like, you're going to count 72 people? Like, they're moving around? No, like, mis- well, he, I mean, here's the other issue. Like, Larry takes 72 for granted as, like, the number of virgins in the heaven for... Uh, certain activities but like i've heard 70 i've heard 71 i've heard 72 i've heard 73 what's your take yeah first of all it could be off by one as we all know so 71 and 72 are the same thing but 70 Um, i think you hear 70 more than anything else don't you yeah i mean honestly 72 virgins is like who needs 72 virgins like okay i don't know obviously who needs 72 yeah of anything yeah i mean yeah no it's just like i don't know first of all what what is that it feels a lot I, I want somebody who's very young and sexually inexperienced. That's a little bit strange <laughs> to me. I want um, 72 women who like know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I would like 72 um, age appropriate. Yeah. Um, experience, but not. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Whatever. 72 <laughs> of anything sounds, you know, like a yeah, lot. Too it's many. like a lot of women, yeah. a lot of women to handle. Yeah, too many. Um, but yeah, so so there's a lot of issues, I guess. I mean, sexually, issues. 72 women just to hang out with sounds wonderful. No, but like, no, I, I, can't acc- I, I can't accommodate 72 people. Do you want to you hang out with 72 people at the same time? No, that would be very overwhelming. No, that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I mean, you, you have to, like, think about, like, how do you even make time with all them? You know, then you don't yeah. talk. You forget somebody's name. It's very uncomfortable. No good. Yeah. Well, if, if I got to choose the 72 other people, like it's like my party or something, I'll probably know anybody's name. Yeah, and you, you see if the ha- so I certainly am not interested in going to a party where it's me and so, seventy two so strangers. So, so, but when you so that when you when you die and go to heaven with the seventy two virgins, you're saying that these uh-huh. seventy two virgins before you enter the the heavenly room of, of 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 orgy with them, you first have to sit down and interview, then like come up and put the list together. So you have to know seventy two virgins. Like I don't think, how many virgins do you know? Well, I mean, I probably know a lot of virgins. Well, of age, I'm saying. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. So, no, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know people's virgin or non-virgin status. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So it's gonna be a it's, it's gonna be a room with 72 strangers. Um, it would be a room with 72 strangers. Yeah, I'm not into that. Yeah, but it's probably it's better that way. If it's somebody you actually know, that it's just awkward. 
<laughs> yeah, I just yeah, I'm not really oh, interested Blake, in Blake any room. From our fantasy football league. What are you doing yeah. here? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't want to be in any room where it's me and seventy two strangers. Yeah. Really. All right. Unless it's but, for like a really good reason. I guess to have sex with seven two is, is a good reason. I mean, that seems like a decent um, reason, but yeah. Um, yeah, but it just seems it seems like a lot. But let's go further into Larry's dream for a second. So, yeah, ostensibly by killing this infidel, Larry David, and fulfilling the fatwa, you would then merit the virgins. That's the point here, right? Uh, but why is Larry getting the virgins? Did he kill himself? Yeah, I mean, dreams are not always. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess he's like putting himself in the position of the the fatwa doer. Perhaps hmm. he wants to know, you know, why does someone want to kill me? And it's like, oh, here's why, because then they get this. Yeah. Well, so but it'd be very frustrating, disappointing, because there's only seventy one, and Larry's expecting seventy two. <laughs> right. I hope the listeners wrote in about this also. Like in my head, I thought seventy was around. Like I didn't know where is the seventy two from. I I know it as seventy two. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's see. How many virgins do you get in heaven? Okay. Yeah, 72 is the top thing that pops up. 72. Okay. All right. So I don't know why I thought 70. I'm, I'm a rounder. What is the meaning of 72 virgins? Yeah. All right. I don't know. We, no. we, don't do, we, Whatever. we shouldn't be talking about this. Yeah. I'm, we could talk whatever we want. All right, we'll talk about virgins later. Okay. Um, all right. Are we, are we are we are we back in the clip with the shrink? Uh yeah. Let's do that. Cranston. Okay. Too, but I was too concerned. Oh yeah, right. It's Brian Cranston. Yeah. That wasn't the issue. What's in- interesting to me is that I find you're focused on the number of women who apparently are very interested in you, and yet, Larry, you seem preoccupied. <laughs> I'm just. Wondering, have you ever noticed the disparity in these two chairs? Your chair is so much better than this one. This is not a comfortable <laughs> chair at all. Did, did you buy these chairs? Yes, I, I bought both of them. You picked out both I picked of them? them out, yeah. What was going through your head when you picked out this chair? You picked out a good <laughs> chair for yourself. That's a gorgeous chair. I would have that in my house. But this one, it's not comfortable. I'm constantly shifting from side to side. You have the comfortable chair. You have taken the good chair. It's interesting. You are the first and only patient who has ever said anything negative about that chair. I, I don't first find that interesting only. at all. Well, I do, and that's my job, to find things interesting. Well. Interesting with a chair. I don't know what you're writing over there. Chair <laughs> issues. <laughs> I think there's something deeper. I don't think you're writing anything. I think you're. Well, I could show you. Huh? I could show you. You know, I mean, you're you're a nice man, but you know, do you, do you do that much between you and me? Don't you think that I do a significant amount of help to you? Yeah. yeah. Really? May I be honest with you? I hope that you can always be honest with me. Well, I'm often <laughs> never honest with you, but here's what I'm proposing. It's a great life. I think you should go chair shopping. I think you need another chair. And you know what else? Never. I'm willing to go chair shopping with you. What do you think about it? I don't know, but I do know that the session is over, and so we'll have mm. to pick this up next time. It's tough for you to have to look at that watch, isn't it? It must be a little awkward. You know, I I see it. You, I know you, you see can't it. Sneak I'm not wa- trying to sneak it. You can't. You're trying to do a little sneaky watch peek. I'm not trying to do a sneaky watch peek. I'm trying to be efficient with our time. Why not? All right, let's. Uh, we, we have a little bit more, but why don't we? Uh... Yeah, chime in there. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on here. Um, I mean, yeah, can we talk for a second about Cranston coming on um, to play uh, a character and not as himself? I love that move. 
Yeah, I, I always prefer when they do. It's much more fun. Yeah. I mean, I guess if, if you're a certain type of person, you could play like, you know, a version of yourself. That's funny. I think Krantz uh, is like, too much of a nice guy to have like a reputation to play up also. Yeah, and like I feel like he's just like also like not like a known quantity as a celebrity. Like, I mean, this came on right after he had won like six Emmys in a row or whatever the hell it was for Breaking Bad. I'm not saying that he's not a celebrity. I'm just meaning like he's not like Will Smith where like he's like in the public eye and like, you know, about like his family and like he's I, much more. I mean, if we need to put Ted dancing, like he would absolutely be in the Ted dancing club. He would be in the Ted dancing club based on fame. Yes, I agree. I yeah. just think he's like, he's like you, like, I don't just don't think there was just like an awareness of like himself as like a real person as opposed to the characters that he played where someone would be like, Oh, like he, that's like, that's like a funny version of Brian Cranston. Like, I just don't think Brian Cranston was like a known commodity as like a real person the way that like many celebrities are. He was just famous because of the TV characters that he played. Yeah, I mean, but he was also he was on talk shows a lot. He was on podcasts. He was like on SNL. He has like a personality like I don't know. Uh, yeah, um, I so think this like, is also like the, the he, he's not his curating or whatever now is lower than it was at the time this episode aired. Right. Or or and was and was produced because, again, yeah, was like right after Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's definitely lower now. Yeah. Um, so like. I don't know, like two or three years ago, I was like at my parents' house. And like, I realized that like my mom, like has no access in her house to like watch like Netflix and other stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, she's just like, does nothing. Like, so I was like, there's like, ama- there's like a million amazing things you can watch. So like I bought them or I bought her a Roku and like gave her a list of things to watch. And like the number one thing on the list was Breaking Bad. And she said, like, she told me that like she watched like the first episode. She said it was like too intense. She's like, she can't watch it. I'm like, okay, you know, if it's too intense, like, you know, you're probably not going to like it. Like the show is very intense. And then like she watched some other things, whatever, never heard anything. All of a sudden I was down at uh, visiting my parents this past week in uh, they were at their house in Florida for vacation. And my mom was like, oh, by the way, I watched Breaking Bad. I'm like, oh, like you like you like you started it again. She's like, oh, no, I finished it like months ago. <laughs> like what? Like back. that was like, yeah, I gave you like the number one show you should watch. You're like, you told me not interested. And then you just like binge the whole thing and like didn't mention it at any point. Hmm. Yeah. That very, very bad funny. fun. Yeah. Um, and and she but, didn't but, but, know. Hold on. But also, yeah. did you want your mother calling you every night to talk about the latest episode? No, but yeah. like there's something in between. I I, I don't care. No, I'm no, just no, like, I, I was I'm you. just surprised. Yeah. yeah, I'm not like I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no. and know. but and the best part was that she didn't. She wasn't even aware of the existence of Better Call Saul. Oh, <laughs> like until her conversation with me. Like she watched all Breaking Bad months ago, finished it, f- assumes this story is finished. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, like did you watch Better Call Saul too? She's like, what's that? <laughs> no, and Al Camino. I'm sure she doesn't know about either. <laughs> Certainly, she doesn't know. Yes. <laughs> um, we, we she, also, she also didn't. She also didn't listen to the like the official uh, Breaking Bad podcast with Vince Gilligan. Uh, you know, breaking down the <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible form. Chevy, come on. Yeah. Um, have your parents ever listened to a podcast? I mean, probably, but like without realizing it, like I'm sure they've clicked on something on the Internet that was a podcast Okay, that, that they listen to. Right. Well, my, yeah. probably not my mom. My dad probably has. Actually, my, my mom does listen to it. She listens to a Dafyomi podcast. I just realized. So she actually knows. What oh, yeah. This. Yeah. Which is kind of surprising. Yeah. I tried Dafyomi once. I did it for about a year. And then mm. I realized it's not a good use of my time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let, let's get let's get uh, further out and then back into curb. <laughs> Okay, yeah, we actually didn't talk anything about this episode, this uh, yeah. scene. Oh, we okay. just talked about Brian Cranston. Oh, okay. Um, 
Um, I mean, here's the thing. Like one guy sits in the chair six to eight hours a day. And the right. Other that's chair, I was people aren't sitting in for more than 50 minutes at a time. Like he should have the better chair. Now, you could argue he doesn't need to have a better or worse. He get two of the same chair. <laughs> he should just get two of the same chair. It's yeah. Also, just like decor. I mean, yeah. I guess people. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it like just like looks nicer. if like both like both chairs are the same. It's like, well, it's hard to tell. Um, like we have to see the whole room to know like what would be appropriate. Right. Yeah. I, all right. Also, I have like no fashion sense. So like I'm sure what they have here is perfectly acceptable. Um, but yeah, also like, fuck you. Like uh, it's my, it's like my place. Um, like I live here. I'm the doctor. Like you'll sit on the worst chair. I don't, I have no problem with that. Yeah. Don't have to be the same. I live here. I I feel like I almost want to go back to all the previous shrink scenes from curb and look at the chairs that they were both sitting in. (laughs) You think it was like a subconscious thing that that now bubbled up? No, I am. I'm very curious either way. All right, so uh, I'll uh, I'll sign that to you as uh, to do that research. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. On my to do list, it's not going to come up before this episode, though. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah, it's, it's super great when he tells him that he's never honest with him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm almost never honest with you. Yeah, the syntax is great. Yeah, I'm all no, I'm often never. I'm often I'm often never, never honest, honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> um, just yeah, the way he great. speaks so like directly to. You know, it, it's it like is, obviously, yeah, and it's very fun, like, but he's always had a therapist everywhere he goes in New York, LA, and so I guess <laughs> it looks almost just like a thing you do, kind of like how I feel about dentists. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you go to dentists every six months. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I was supposed to go to the dentist today, but I showed yeah. up and it, it didn't work out. <laughs> Are you yachty yachting over the best part or? No, it was like it was very stupid. Like they, I I'm like sure just it was very stupid. Yeah, um, I just switched insurance. There's, there's no smart reason somebody goes to the dentist and then comes home without an appointment. <laughs> yeah, no, I had an appointment. Yeah. Um, I mean, it kind of worked out because like, who wants to see the dentist when they're all and they're like, oh, it's not gonna work out today. I was like, okay. Yeah. By the way, trigger uh, warning: anti-dentite podcast. <laughs> um. Yeah, so like I got there and like they're like, I'm like, oh, my insurance just changed. And like I handed them my insurance cards and like they, whatever they do, some stuff I feel checked in. I do the whole thing. And they're like, oh, like under your insurance, like you need to like designate like someone to be like your official dentist. And like uh, if, when you just sign up until you change it, it just does like some random person that's not us. So like this won't be covered by insurance unless like you call them and tell them you want to assign us as your primary dentist. And then we could see you and do like, you know, the, the cleanings and all that. Okay. Um, I was like, well, that sounds like that's going to take a long time. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, oh, it could take up to like an hour. Like, yeah, like I'm not sitting here for an hour <laughs> hoping that this gets resolved. <laughs> like, I'm obviously like, like, no, reschedule me. Like, I'll take yeah. care of it, you know, whenever. Um, and then it's so, like, I call the insurance company and like, I tell them this whole thing. They're like, yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, there's no such thing in our, on your plan. Turns out they were like looking at my old insurance. Yeah. So like, yeah. it was fine. Yeah, I could have yeah, just yeah. gone. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So yeah. my wife had actually the exact same experience today. Literally. <laughs> really? Like literally it's like freaking she, um, we got some bill from the dentist, um, for like a large amount. And we were confused because our dental insurance is supposed to cover these checkups and she was on the phone like she was working all night so she woke up at like 3 p.m and then from 3 p.m to 4 30 p.m she was on the phone like the limited time she was awake and like oh, and seeing us um with it and like the one person kept going to the other person going to the other person going to the other person the bottom line is that they accidentally listed one of my previous dental visits this year as hers so uh-huh. according to insurance this was her third visit of the year and that's why it's not covered because only two visits of uh, regular cleanings are covered per year per person right but she had to be on the phone for an hour and a half to discover that so 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I told people... her to do what you did. I said, just hang up the phone. Just have them call you back. Like, why do you have to sit there? But, you know, it's not that easy, obviously, when you're on hold with idiots. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a shame because it's generally not the idiot's fault. It's like it's a different idiot's fault. Yeah. Oh, no, like, it's never the, it's never the person you're talking about the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And right. People on so the phone I think get a lot of abuse because of other. other oh, abuse. of course. Yeah. Yeah, I've yelled at people, then said, and then been like, I'm sorry. It's not, I know it's not your fault. I'm just very upset. Yeah. And they're like, I understand. I did it to screw you, Mr. Sinitz. Right. And they're like, I have no idea. You just called me. And I just (laughs) overcook a hamburger. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But still, it wasn't him. It was a guy in the back. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, yeah. So we have the whole thing with the chairs we talked about. All right. Let's uh, let's finish off the scene then. We're going to go back (laughs) to the clock. You put a clock behind me. So you can have a clock, you know, when the time's up. But nevertheless, okay. it is it is over, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you again next week. So uh, you got big plans for the weekend? This weekend and all through next week, um, my wife and I go out every single night to a different restaurant because it's truffle season. It's wonderful. Do you like truffles? No, I I loathe them. They're disgusting. Oh. <laughs> to each his own. To each his own. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Larry. Okay. And by the way, anytime you want to get rid of me as a patient, just say uh, I've had enough. It'll be. It'll be. It'll be okay with me. Same relation with uh, the same approach to relationships with women. Yeah. So as as we you know go through this episode, we should note that like I don't and for what for what this is worth, it might be worth nothing. That officially he had ended the session when they then talked about the truffles. Yeah. So it's not confidential. You're saying. But I mean, I don't know how these rules work, but, you know, it could be argued that the session was over. Now, now they yeah, were just no, talking as friends. I think that's the intended interpretation. They're getting up. They're walking out the door. It's also. Yeah, except if Larry then had said something to him, he would still like. Like if well, he then said, but well, if Larry by the way, says, I by the way I'm thinking of killing myself. I think, yeah, you have to reinitiate the session. No, meaning like. If Larry said, by the way, like I killed my wife and dumped her body in the yeah, river, uh, for sure, that would still be protected by confidentiality. Correct. Even though but, if Larry, said, but if Larry had said, I like truffles, I think the doctor's allowed to repeat that. Um, well, he, if the, the doctor's not even allowed to like identify oh, he can't acknowledge he's his patient, even. Yeah. They, so that's yeah. True. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, yeah. So he definitely would say that. A yeah. friend, uh, a patient of mine. <laughs> Let's call him Larry. Uh, a famous but, producer of Seinfeld. <laughs> Let's say he uh, he wrote Seinfeld. Yeah. The thing well, is, I, like, didn't, no actually, I didn't say that. You did. Uh, Not everybody's in, in Hollywood with the show his <laughs> podcast like you are. That's true. Not everyone is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, well, we'll see. We'll see if that's relevant later. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to head over to this art gallery mm. where Larry is looking at this uh, collection of paintings that appear to have been painted by Mr. Richard Lewis. Yeah. Um, very What's your take on Richard Lewis's art? Uh, it's uh, I would say overall, I liked it. It's like some of them were like a bit too weird for me, but um, I would say I like the role. Maybe I let's uh reacquaint ourselves with some of these pictures, just so yeah. So, we, I mean, the, the first ones we see, you get like a Rothko vibe, and yeah. which is you know pr- pretty interesting from Richard Lewis, but then as the scene goes on and the episode goes on, he has like seven different, like completely different forms of painting. That he's done yeah, over his very long career <laughs> as a painter, <laughs> right? As an artist. Between the last time we saw him, yeah, and now all of a sudden he like he went through across like two centuries of time and like Europe and it's it's very strange. So, um, yeah. So I'm not sure how he he's a he's a he painted twenty he painted, he painted twenty paintings. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, so. So, yeah, so Larry goes to talk to Jeff uh, and they're, you know, talking about how amazing this whole thing is. They can't believe it. And Jeff uh, points over at a young lady at the table wearing red, a red dress. And he tells Larry that this lady is a big time real estate agent and this is her card. And I was like, really, are you looking for a house? And Jeff's <laughs> like, oh, I'm going out looking for houses, but I'm not looking for a house. And Larry's like, that's genius. It's a diabolical plan. Jeff mm. explains to him it's like a date and they don't even know. He can just turn down the offer, then schedule for another viewing the next day. And it doesn't cost them a nickel. Yeah, it's Larry, a date, but they don't know it's a date. It's a risky thing to say when you look like Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> and, right. and, and honestly, like late or season, or when you look like Jeff Garland. Well, yes. Well, late season, uh, Jeff, who's much, much like more in your face about his horniness and his extramarital dalliances than early season, Jeff. Um, it, it does, you know, in 2022, it does view a little bit differently, I think, especially with some of the allegations of, you know, not things he's done, but things he said, um, like Jeff Garland. So it, it, it is a very strange vibe I'm getting from Jeff here. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess we'll, we'll at some point have to understand what this uh, very beautiful, eligible, uh, yes. successful real estate what agent What cohort does Jeff here. have? Yeah. I'm just, not interested you know, in buying a house from you. I, I'm like this overweight, you know, guy like yeah it's not exactly clear what his uh what his dramatic appeal is to her she's not dating him in real life she's just having sex with him in open houses yeah i mean unless she really thinks that he's like a big fish that he's gonna buy one of these houses i mean um, it does work out for her by the end of the episode i guess, I guess. yeah so maybe she's uh, but, playing I, the yeah. Game, yeah. but i don't know if that was her plan or if she's just like legitimately into Jeff. yeah i mean it seems like she is it seems like a lot yeah, of it seems like she on. is yeah, and yeah. yeah, even from outside the industry, who have no idea who he is. <laughs> right, right. There's no reason yeah. for this woman to be interested in him and yeah. to have any angle. Mm. Um, yeah, unless we're just completely missing something obvious. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, if there's listeners who are very sexually attracted to uh, <laughs> Jeff Green, please let us know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. We want to understand. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so like uh, Lewis comes over to them and he's like so excited. The crowd's loving his paintings and Larry and Jeff congratulate him. And Lewis is like, oh, you don't worry. You don't have to buy anything. And just <laughs> like, yeah, I wasn't considering buying anything, but I could still I could still congratulate you. Right. Yeah. Uh, which I thought so, was clever. It would be like the triangles. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, w- I don't think I would necessarily buy anything there, but I wouldn't mind. Uh, well, the prices are probably like, you know, twenty five thousand dollars or something. Right. I'm sure he's not charging the normal amounts. I'm sure he has a very overinflated sense of how good these paintings are. Um, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know what normal means, right? Like, it's an impossible thing to determine. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Larry. It, he's charging a lot more than I'm willing to pay. That's for sure. I'm sure that's the case. If it's 100 bucks, um, I'd, buy, I'd buy Richard Lewis for 100 bucks. Yeah. I wonder who really painted these. Probably not Richard Lewis. <laughs> maybe he is selling them. Yeah. Maybe this was the way to get out word for his paintings. Yeah. Let's let's go on eBay, see if we can find one. Um, so yeah, so Larry um keeps making fun of Lewis, tells him he's the most pretentious man. Yes. Uh look at this outfit you're wearing. Yeah. And Lewis is like, What are you talking about? I've had this for years. <laughs> and Jeff tells him that he looks like the little drummer boy's funeral, and this is what he's wearing in the casket. Uh, yeah. I, I love when even Jeff pals on Richard, because it's usually just Larry Solo. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff, yeah, Jeff. This is a great line by Jeff. Yeah. Um, and Lewis is just like, you guys are always mocking me and destroying me. Um, you know, let me see. So let me see what you painted. Uh, and he's like, do you, do you understand anything? And they're like, nope, we don't. So like, obviously, you're right. 
Um, and he's like, here, this is like, look at this painting I just sold to a restaurant. And Larry's like, who is that? And Lewis is like, what do you mean? Are you crazy? It's a self-portrait. <laughs> of a stunningly uh, attractive, much, much younger man. Yeah, Larry. Richard Lewis circa like, 1983. You think that's what you look like? That's what you look like 50 years ago. <laughs> and Richard's like, no, that's what I look like now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Jeff is like, I want to get on that. Like, I want a portrait by Richard Lewis. And yeah. Larry's like, yeah, you can paint me with hair. So maybe, so maybe that is the scheme for Richard Lewis. He, maybe he, that's a good business model. Become an artist who paints people much, much younger, more rights. attractive. Than, yeah, actually, I think this is what a lot of artists do already. That's how they make the money. <laughs> make the people yeah. look flattering. <laughs> <laughs> business idea. Yeah, I just thought of that. I invented it here on uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good at eleven twenty-six p.m. Um, so Ted and Cheryl come in and they're like, Oh my god, did you hear the horrible news? Marty Neff Marty Funkhauser's nephew Kenny died. Yeah. And uh, when you rewatch this episode, you know, in the last few days for this podcast for the first time in a while, did you remember before you watched it that Kenny Funkhauser died? No. Because (laughs) I I certainly I was like, like he he was just in the last episode or two episodes. I was like, when when I didn't know that kid's gonna die. I was like, what? He died. Yeah, yeah completely insane. forgot. Yeah, um, but yeah, Larry's curse on the Funkhauser family continues. He killed another one. Yeah, they really like to do um, Funkhauser funerals with Larry. It's, yeah, you know, it's very exciting for them. Uh, I mean, it works. It generally works out nicely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they got this kid. He was meant for Stanford, but then he fell in love with a prostitute and followed her to Europe, where he got trampled, running with the bulls in Pamplona. Of course. Of course. Yes. Uh, Cheryl's just like, she's so confused. Well, how, how, a boy how, like that? how would Larry have not heard that story? Um, maybe it just happened. Unless it just happened within the last hour. Yeah. Just late breaking <laughs> news. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Cheryl's like, I don't understand. Like, how could like a nice boy like that get involved with a prostitute like this? <laughs> And Larry's like, well, one can only surmise that he was in need of a prostitute for some reason. He met with one, fell in love with her, and then followed her over there. And just like, that's a lot of details. Like, how are you putting together all these details? He's like, well, you know, I just put two and two together. It's kind of obvious when you think about it. High school senior has a thing with a prostitute and is so enamored with her. He follows her all the way to Spain. Jeff's like, again, very detailed. <laughs> He's like, well, you know, I just put two and two together, but every, nobody else agrees that this uh, two and two go together. Who's in this conversation? Yeah, but but is Jeff not aware of the whole Kenny Fuckhauser situation? How would I Jeff mean, not know? I, you would think he would. Between Larry and Marty. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. would know. Yeah. Unless he's playing dumb for uh, for Susie. But doesn't that could like be. Yeah. yeah, I mean. He, he, there's some there's playing dumb and then there's like throwing him under the bus. Oh, but Jeff routinely throws out of the bus. He's only playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but here it's like he doesn't yeah. like he doesn't need to have let everyone know that it's like Larry's fault that this kid died. <laughs> like that's a bit much. This isn't like haha, like you know, we'll have like this joke against Larry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is kind of like beyond the li- beyond the line, I would say. Although it's not at all Larry's fault, but we'll get into that. Uh, we can get to that out. It's not at all Larry's fault. Larry, like, what did Larry do? Larry, Larry it's, I mean, it's, it's not Larry's still, fault. No, Larry's involved. He's involved, but he is if you're Mar- no if you're more complicit than him. No, he's no more complicit in this than Marty Funkhauser. Oh, Marty, of course, is complicit, but he's not going to blame himself. He's going to blame. But they're else. equal. But they're equally complicit. Marty Funkhauser was in on this plan to get a prostitute for his like, nephew. Every, yeah. for everything that happened from there is had nothing to do with any. Of course, of he's because, much more at fault than Larry. He's like the actual yes, uncle. Yes. Yes. 
But if you're Marty, you're going to blame Larry. <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't think this story is embarrassing. If the story gets out, it's much more embarrassing for Marty than for Larry. Somehow in the world of Curb, Larry's always doing it takes to him. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like, yeah, Larry has no like obligation to this kid. Yeah. I mean, he was involved in the sordid affair. But yeah, he was involved because like his friend asked him to help me out. And, and, and no, but like, it, was, his... it was Larry's idea to come up with a prostitute. <laughs> Fine. But like his yeah. uncle was was in on it. He grinned it. No, of course. Mar- Mar- again, Marty's not a winner. He was there. He had to move. He moved to a different room because it was awkward. Yeah. <laughs> he was there. I, he, he, apparently it happened at, at Marty's house for some strange. Oh, no, it happened. At, it happened at Larry's house. What are we well, talking Larry's about? House, Larry's yeah. House, yeah. Yeah. Well, Larry's very complicit here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like they're talking about how shocking is that it is that he got trampled. Uh, Larry's like, I completely disagree. If one goes running with bulls, it would be shocking if you didn't die. Which yeah. I agree with Larry. It's completely yeah. team Larry here. Larry's right. Don't yeah. go running with the bulls and don't and not expect to die. Like yeah. so you will die. Same with pole fighting with all those activities. Yeah. Now it could be that the odds are very low that you'll die, but like you will die. Like yeah. I would for sure die if I ran with the bulls. Yeah. No question. Yeah. That I know not nice. to run with the bulls. Yes. You won't see me running with bulls voluntarily. Mm-hmm. If you see me running with bulls, <laughs> help me. Like assume, assume I'm not doing it voluntarily. Like, you could take that to the bank. Yeah, it's an I emergency mean, situation. It's an emergency situation. Help me out, please. <laughs> it's, it's not a recreation. Yeah, I'm not doing it for fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Larry's like, yeah. I mean, I kind of get it. Like he was trying to impress this girl, and men do crazy things when they're trying to impress girls. Uh, Ted's like, uh, yeah, but like, you know, that's not how prostitutes work. Like, you don't need to impress the <laughs> prostitute. That's what the money is for. Yeah. And Larry goes on to, you know, well, Cheryl, you remember like how I always tried to impress you when, you know, with the, with the horseback riding. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, but he's not. She wasn't a prostitute. <laughs> Again, like Larry not understanding yeah. how prostitutes work. Yeah. Uh, you weren't paying for it. Like you didn't like you, you, you needed to impress Cheryl. <laughs> Because why why would she date an old bald man unless he was like bringing something to the table? Yeah, no, he he brought the money to the table. Yeah, so Marty comes over and they all offer condolences. They shake his head. He refuses to shake Larry's head. Yeah, he tells him that Kenny was like the son he never had, although his daughter is actually in the process of transitioning. Yeah, so good news for Marty. You'll have a son very soon. Um, yeah, that was, so then that will be uh, the son that he did have, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um. So then Larry is like, you know, I actually saw your daughter and she looks good. And Marty corrects him to remind him that it's he now. And Larry then goes on. I don't know what the hell he's doing here. Uh, he wants to know when he's getting the penis and wonder <laughs> wonders whether they throw in the balls when they add that. Now, like, but again, I, you know, I'm fine with people joking about all sorts of things. But like, like, don't do that to like the person's dad at a minimum, but, like at a minimum. But, but I, I, I think I do see this from the perspective of not attempting to be like, I think it's like, let me give you an example. Um, some people I know of our parents generation, not my parents, but someone else I know quite well of that generation. Uh, one of their close friends had a, a child who transitioned and they would repeatedly say to, to me and Jen, like really strange things about like the genitalia of this person. And Jen and I'd be like, like, why do you care? Why is that relevant to you? And I think so. Of people who are like in their 60s, it's just like confusing. Okay. So I'm trying to be generous to, to, to Larry here. Yeah. I mean, it certainly sounds like he's making a joke here. Like, but whatever. All right. Yeah. Also, so, like Larry, like again, Larry killed Leon's uh, uncle, father, mother, nephew. <laughs> like, Larry can do whatever he wants to Leon. 
Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, oh, okay. Well, to Marty, I said Leo. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I guess this is less bad than murdering his family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like all his entire family and, yeah. like, you know, dancing, you know, stealing from their grave and all that. Yeah. Um, you like the, the idea of balls being thrown in. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, these are all these are all bad things. Yeah. yeah, you shouldn't do what he's doing here either. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, Marty, Marty, for, to his credit, kind of puts Larry, you know, puts Larry in his place here a little yeah. bit. Um, Cheryl apologizes about Kenny, uh, asks if there's any way she can be of assistance. And he's like, yeah, it would be great if you could all come to the memorial. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl and Ted excuse themselves, saying they've got an early dinner. Mm-hmm. And Larry's like, dinner at three? Like, what's going on with you people? And um, Marty tells Larry, you better be at Kenny's memorial. So it's like, I won't shake your hand, but you better be there. Yeah. Um, interesting how Ted stays committed to the lie, though. Yeah, like he really digs in deep with that lie. <laughs> um, Maybe it's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what time they eat. Yes, three does seem early. Maybe that's the only time they could get a table at uh, Melissa's. Yeah, I guess so. Even Maybe if you're Ted Danson, though, such a hot. Oh, he's it's not 2001 anymore. Mm, it's 2015. True. It's not you know different Ted Danson club. I think Ted Danson's more famous in 2017 than 2000. Much more. Um, in know, our world. It's a bit, yeah. in, his world, in the curb world, it's a good question. No. Oh, well, when you say in our world, I meant in a very specific world of like, you know, upper class uh, people who watch The Good Place. People who watch Curb and are aware of Curb in that world. Yeah, but that's a very small number of people. Like Curb doesn't get like a ton of audience. Okay, but that's, like the, nothing audience, to what, but like, that's the audience that's relevant to Curb, to Larry David. Right. Yeah. And in that world, Ted Danson is I mean, he's always been famous. Actually, in that right, world, he's, he's in that world. He was super famous from Cheers, though, whereas in our world, he, you know, that's Cheers a little before our time. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, like in like the 90s, he was like incredibly famous, the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And he's gotten slightly less and less famous. Um, I would say he's definitely gotten bumps from Curb and The Good Place, but like to nowhere near the size audience as Cheers. Sure, so but like, I'm saying I think, but he's much more famous in 2022 than he's been at any time in the last 25 years. He's been going up um, over the last five, like over the last five, 10, 15 he's, years. Well, he's definitely gone up over the last 10, 15 years. It's yeah. hard for me to know whether he's more famous now than he was in 2001, where there was still like a ton of people around who were like middle aged to like Ted Danson is one of the most famous people in the world because they watch Cheers. But when you watch a sitcom, does, does, does every character stay with you as like super famous years later? I mean, he was the main character on the most popular show on yeah. TV. Was he the main uh, character? I don't know. He was the main character. I guess yes. so. He okay. owned. He owned the bar. You never yeah. saw Cheers? Like no, at, I've, at I've seen. I've seen the show, but I think of it as you an ensemble. Okay. Yes, he's the. It is. He's clearly yeah. the main character. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um. And yeah, so like in like 2001, we're like what 10, 12 years removed from Cheers, mm. like finale, which was like one of the highest rated you know episodes of TV in years. Um, that's like, you know, 2010, like that's like, you know, not that long ago from our perspective of like, you know, we're talking about Breaking Bad, like, you know, people know Breaking Bad still. I'm wondering what was the biggest show in like 2010? It was probably like, uh, some, some sitcom on CBS that I Big Bang Theory, probably. Big Bang. Okay. Um, so you think today, who's, who's the main, who's the main character in Big Bang Theory? I don't know that. Um, the guy who plays Sheldon. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, now obviously the biggest show in 2010 is not, not nothing close to the size of the biggest show in 1985 and obviously Cheers is like a legendary show that the Big Bang Theory is not but I'm just wondering I don't know in my world I feel like Ted Dance is more famous now 
when yeah, I was a kid, one. yeah. When I was a kid, I primarily knew about him from the Seinfeld reference. Is honestly <laughs> right. Who's uh, Ted Danson? He, Who's he? He's played he, by he, uh, Jim Parsons. Jim Dad's Parsons. Name. Yes, that's the, yeah. We should have known yeah. that. Bad job by us. Yeah, bad job by us. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Everyone's screaming at us. Yeah. Danson and Parsons are very similar. Similar names. Oh yeah. So should we, maybe we'll make a Jim Parsons club for two thousand for like late season curb. Sure. Well, he's got to get on the show first. <laughs> Right. Um, okay. So, by the way, Jim Parsons comes on Kirby. He's not playing himself. He's playing a character. I would think. Yeah. Especially in um, 2022. Yeah. So Larry goes up to uh, Cheryl, and she's like, "He's like, hey, have you ever noticed the disparity of the chair quality at Dr. Templeton's?" <laughs> um, and like, he kind of like explains to Ted, like, "Oh, we both see the same therapist." And she's like, "Yeah, sorry, I've never picked up on that." Um, and he's like, "Well, just like look out for it next time you're there. Be wary of it." Mm. And uh, Ted is pleased to hear that Larry is seeing someone, uh, but which Larry is weird is... because again, Larry has always seen someone, and because Ted always doesn't give a shit about Larry. So, like, well, it's a very faux concern. I think it's condescending concern. Uh, oh, I thought I thought I thought it was good. I thought it was like, oh, you know, good for you. You should see someone. Like, it's good for you because you're crazy. Yeah, but that's an inherently condescending thing to say. First of all, everybody needs therapy. Everybody should go to therapy. Correct. Oh, I guess yeah. fine. Yeah, but, but like, it comes off as sincere. It came off as sincere. Oh, okay. everything that Ted says in the show comes off as smart to me. <laughs> He's here. He's playing the law game. He comes to fuck Larry's wife. Yeah, but I feel like he has like a a nice side to him. I I mean, that's the what he the veneer he gives to the public. That's Uh, the Ted Danson everyone else sees. But Larry David, (laughs) he's the true Ted Danson. (laughs) The Ted Ted Danson sucks. He's not worth anything, and that he's he's still that he's still my wife. Yeah, that was his last insult. They gave him the, the personal jet, and then he stole my wife. Yeah. So when he was playing Robert E. Lee, and I know we're going out of order here now, he was yeah. playing Robert E. Lee as a heroic character. I guess we'll have to get to that. I don't know. That's yeah. interesting. I think that's why it was seen as such like a not good idea, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, that, except yeah. In, in a part of the country, uh, it would be a very good idea, apparently. So, Well, yeah. I mean, in some places, Robert E. Lee stock has gone up the last uh, yeah. five years since that episode aired. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. How dare you say he wasn't racist? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's come back to... Uh, the world of curb again yeah so um but yeah so larry's like yeah i mean I'm, i am but it's like only because of this whole fatwa business like i just like needed to talk to someone yeah which again we've seen you had a therapist always every time we've seen you on the show so yeah you have, there's a lot of episodes with uh therapy yes um so she's you know Charles like you know just like please don't make me regret letting you like use the same therapist as me uh, uh, Cheryl do you not remember what happened last time you had dueling therapists around the time of your divorce like why would you have recommended your therapist to Larry this is a <laughs> terrible idea Cheryl knows Larry's history with therapists she feels bad for him because she's fucking his best friend although no, they're not really friends they're, they're like they're, LA is a one restaurant town and a one hotel town but it has 5,000 therapists and we've seen so many of them <laughs> we have seen a lot yeah um, should we have a therapist bracket I don't think we have enough for a bracket. Yeah, I mean, maybe we have we have five, I think, right? Yeah, it's a very bad bracket. Yeah, <laughs> we can do a top five. <laughs> we can rank them one to five. Yeah, that's what we do, Mark. Um, yeah, so they need to get going to Melise. Um, and uh, Ted's like, "Do you know about the restaurant?" He's like, "I do. It's a tr- it's truffle season." And Cheryl's like, "How do you know about truffles?" And Larry says, "Well, as I'll have you know, Doctor Templeton told me all about it." 
And Cheryl was like, what do the two of you talk about in therapy? Uh, this was actually not during therapy. Yeah, this was after therapy. Um, this is a perfectly reasonable thing. Like he was like, what are you up to this week? And then he told him I'm going to this truffle thing. So it was surprising um, to hear a response, though, because when Larry says that, the assumption you have for that split second is that he's going to say, no, this is uh, I'm not going to share my personal information with you. Yeah, that would be the more Seinfeld curb reaction for a therapist. Yeah. Like, who are you to ask me about my life? Yeah. He's like, well, you just asked me about my life for 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, like, so we sure. totally we didn't even discuss that. Ah, what's your take on truffles? Um, I don't know that I've ever had like straight up truffles. I don't even know. Like, I've had like I've had things with truffle in the name. So does that mean I've had truffles? Like if I have like truffle fries, is that the same thing? Well, I assume they have truffle oil over them, right? So maybe so I think I've definitely had things with truffle oil. Yeah, I don't know that sure. I've had like truffles as its own food. Is that a thing? I mean, yeah, my feeling on truffles or is, is it like that... a garnish? I should probably. It's like a, it's, a, it's, like a, it's a mushroom. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's a mushroom of, from which you can also make oil. My theory on truffles, which is my theory about a lot of things, is that it's it's the name and it's the association you have with it. And so somehow it, it makes you feel good. It gives you a positive association, a positive feeling. But um, if it was a blind taste test, uh, you know, what, what batting average would you have? It's like the it's like the difference between fifteen dollar wine and fifty dollar wine, in my opinion. It's all the same. Yeah, um, there, there, was a, all... there was a pizza place in Midtown uh, in the Sony building. Do you remember that place? Right next yes. to. Um, yes, yes. It's very yeah. good. I went there a lot. Yeah. So it was very good. And all their pizzas were like, you know, $14 for an individual pie, which is like. Yes, so I had. Right. I had their truffle. Oil the tr- they have a truffle one for like thirty eight dollars. So yeah, I had a, I had it once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think? It was eh, it was another piece of pizza. It was, it was good. It wasn't their best. It wasn't their best pizza. By far. It wasn't the they had several pizzas that are better. Sure. A hundred percent. Exactly. I never got it again because like I why would I get like a worse pizza than it wasn't bad. It was like one of the better pizzas, I thought. But like yeah, there were like two or three that were no, even better. I waited until someone else was paying for it. And that's why. That's yeah, it. I think I went once and like we got like we each got like uh, a pizza and then like we shared one like mm-hmm. a group of people. So like everyone like had like a slice of it. We're, like, yeah, no, I see. We don't, not paying yeah. 40 bucks. Like we just got to taste it. We're all like, yeah, that was good. But like the other the other pizza I got is better. Yeah. Like the goat cheese one they had that was like awesome. There was a few of the really good ones. Speaking of that restaurant. So did you ever go to the Sony store right in the corner there? The retail shop? I don't think so. No. So I used to go down as like a hangout place to the basement of that Sony shop because I had read an article about it once or a blog or something. And it was like, it was like, it was like a giant room that sort of cordoned off into like separate, like little, little living room sections with like the, t- with like Sony TVs or whatever. And okay. they had like some TV there that at the time, this is, I don't know, 2010 or 12 or 13 was ostensibly like the highest definition television in the world, but it was only like okay. the largest size they could make it. It was like, it was like five inches by eight inches. It was like it was like stupidly small. So you'd have to like stand like two inches away. But I, and they said like uh, like super rich people would get it for like their security cameras in their house because it wasn't like a usable like television. Uh-huh. Yeah. None of this is ringing a bell. No, I got to go find these articles. Ten years old. Um, yeah. So I used to go down there. I would like, you know, take like friends down there. It was like a fun place. You could like hang out there and like listen to music in one of like the little faux living rooms. Cool. Anyway. Yeah. If you go back in time to Manhattan and you're bored one afternoon <laughs> in 2013, stop by 56th and what is it, Madison? Something like that. Yeah. If I go back, if I go back in time, I'm just yeah. definitely what I'm going to do. <laughs> Number one priority. Yeah. Uh, kill Hitler also, obviously. I got to go check out the store yeah. that used to exist. Let me see a oh. small TV with high definition. <laughs> they have a TV that's worse than the one that I have in my house. Yes. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so Larry goes into the bathroom and he lifts up the toilet seat and he's about to try to pee, but he's having trouble getting his penis out. Uh, there seems to be an issue with the zipper and he gets very, very frustrated and upset. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so then we're gonna cut to home at Larry's house where. We got uh we have penile advice. Yeah, so we're gonna go over yeah. to uh we're gonna to have Leon. to discuss that because that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into it. But yeah. uh yeah, let's uh let's zoom, let's go in uh see what uh trigger warning penis conversation. <laughs> yeah. Are those three are those three Richard Lewis specials in the bathroom? Oh, I didn't notice. There's not enough room to get my hand in there to get the penis out. Never really come across this problem before. Can't get my penis out of my pants. Have you ever heard of a short fly? I'm not gonna unbutton and have him drop on the floor. Look, here's a solution. Index finger. Take it, go down, put it in your zipper, press down on the shaft, allows your head to pop up. Pop up by itself. Press, pop up. Like like tiddlywinks. Yeah, like tiddlywinks. Those pants might, might have been manufactured in a country that has small penises. <laughs> so these pants fit the penis from, from whence they came. You're goddamn right. Why would they make a, a little fly in a country with big-ass dicks? <laughs> See, I'm going to tell you, I don't have that problem. Dude, would you, would you describe America as a country with big-ass dicks? Is that what we're known as? Well, Leah's about to tell us that he only buys pants made in Jamaica and, and other large penis <laughs> manufacturing centers. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't really understand the uh, the, so the thing pushing the, the popping out. I don't yeah, understand. Like, I, that's that sounds dangerous to me. I wouldn't try that. With, I don't especially even, with I a don't, metal zipper. I can't even figure out what they're trying to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think the penis pops out on its own. I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, are they aroused when they're trying to urinate? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure. All right, let's continue. Now, it, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever had a short fly, but I, there was definitely a stage in my life when I owned way too many pants with button flies. Oh yeah, horrible. And they were always horrible, and yet crime I against them. humanity. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why they're ever made. I don't know why I ever purchased them. I had like jeans with them. It would like take like five minutes. Very bad. Yeah. If there's like poor, starving people that need clothes, please don't give them pants with button flies. Like, just give them nothing instead. They don't want. It's not worth it. Yeah. They're better off with nothing. Yeah. They're horrible. Even the homeless won't take them. Like, the homeless won't take them. <laughs> the homeless don't want your uh, button fly jeans. Yeah. Um, all right yeah let's go yeah jamaica my pants my slacks the manufacturer he makes jeans for people big (laughs) like me wow when i go to the bathroom and i sit down on the toilet my johnson hangs in the water (laughs) okay pause for a second (laughs) that's just such nonsense why is this a positive thing (laughs) that sounds disgusting well, it means that it's very long, but yes, the di- you don't want to be to whose benefit. Well, I, you know, some people I mean, are very excited about having a big Johnson. But like, the, like are, are you are you not familiar with the the concept of men being? Very I'm trying to imagine the the like, or maybe like the water level is too high on the toilets he's sitting at. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe he has to like adjust his plumbing. <laughs> if you're consistently uh, well, having your penis hang in water, like. I have been to bathrooms occasionally that happens and it's like a disgusting, uncomfortable feeling immediately. Yeah, it could be that Very he bad. did his own plumbing, um, which we know from oh, future yes, seasons. <laughs> yeah. mm. 
Maybe that's a move, though. Maybe there's like a plumber that intentionally makes the water at a higher level to make men feel better about their penis. <laughs> I'm gonna, every, I'm gonna refer this plumber to people. He gives yeah. you that big Johnson feel. Well, exactly. Except that I think, like, if I was in a hotel and I sat down on the toilet and the tip of my penis got wet, I would be disgusted. I wouldn't be excited. <laughs> right. I wouldn't be like, like, oh wow, my penis is grown. I would feel like, oh, this is disgusting. I need to take a shower because the plumbing in this house is a. Uh, hotel is well maybe the difference is for you it only happens once in a while so you know it's not a function of the johnson it's a function of the weird toilet he he, every toilet he puts his dick into it touches the water yeah so it's a hotel his his he goes to a guest you know uh, a friend's house he's at a ball game now i i remember i've been in like certain parts of europe eastern europe in particular where they have the reverse problem where the the water level in toilets is way too low or the shape of toilets is very off have you ever been like, like there's some toilets where like there's also like a cupped area for like. So if you pee like the urine just sits there, like it doesn't mix with the other one. Well, yeah, it's to save water. Oh, is that what that's for? OK, no, yeah, we then, don't do. Yeah, we don't care. We don't care about stuff like that. in America. <laughs> yeah, I, I, know, think it's, been... I think it's to save water. It's like in Israel, you know, they have like the. the sure, they have like the, the flushless. Flush. Yeah, yeah so no, I, I understand that. But I'm talking I about like I'm talking about like very old toilets way. in like Poland. Oh, I think it's probably also to save water. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's a there's a joke. Like the, it flushes once in a while. The urine sits in it for a while. No, no, you, you, no, no. It flushes completely every time. It's just like until you flush, the urine just sits there in like a slightly separate. Like it's like. Anyways, oh. we don't have to get into the, the shape of the <laughs> that I saw in like 1999. This, is what, people, like this is what people are here for. Is it? Okay, I apologize. All right, let's go on. What are you saying that for? I sit in the fucking toilet. My shit goes under the water. Like, like, like this. It's almost like it grabs his, his fucking head, and just like, and it goes in like this. Bullshit. All the fucking time. Penis. Hold on, sit down. Hey. Hey. Front door was unlocked. What? What? You left the door unlocked again? We never had that conversation. <laughs> I got to talk to you quickly. You're, you're having lunch with Lewis, right? Yeah. Okay, get there early. Oh, yeah, because he takes a good seat. Yeah. What's wrong with him? I've never had lunch with him in 20 years where I haven't been looking at a wall. I say trick him the next time in terms of what time lunch is. All right, no, pause for a second. Off. Show up a half hour earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Did they not have this exact story with Richard Lewis about restaurants showing up early to pay with your credit card? Uh, yeah. It was the exact same does. story. You got to show yeah, up earlier I, than Richard. You got to show up the day yes. before. Yeah, they also had a thing with him and Richard show who shows up first for the uh, the jewelry store, right? Like yeah. all the way back in season one. Yeah. But that wasn't a consistent thing. That was just one time they're fighting over. Right, the same right, right. Yeah. So, so they still just have the same that same storyline though of like them trying to yeah. get there before. So does someone mention that to Larry or is Elon Gold says who gives a fuck? Or maybe this is just like an ongoing thing he has with Richard Lewis. So but every time it's show. for a different reason. One like they never mentioned. Yeah, he shows up early to pay with the credit card and also steals the good seat. That's never been mentioned before. <laughs> Only now uh, we the good seat is suddenly a problem. Well, maybe that's like an, uh, he's added that to his repertoire. It's like mm-hmm. he's he's always been doing this to gain certain advantages. And now he realized he could use it to corner the market on the good seat. Yeah. By the way, we're staring at Larry's kitchen uh, is the is the clip is paused here. And I haven't really thought about this before, but there's like a very Western motif in Larry's house. Okay. Like, look at the backsplash. Look at the, yeah. the wicker chair, the table, the chairs. Look at the exposed wood over the over the oven. Look at the star on the wall. The whole thing. Right. I'm what? Who designed this? Larry doesn't <laughs> give off like a Tex-Mex Western feel to me. Yeah. The, all I saw when when you said, "Oh, look at the thing," I was like, "Oh, nice." There's a big uh, box of uh, Fruit Loops on the counter. Oh, well, that's very obscured behind Leon. Good job by you noticing that. Yeah, I, my eyes went straight to Toucan Sam. 
Yeah, I, I see the giant uh, collection of uh, fake fruit. <laughs> Hopefully not fake. Yeah, artificial yeah. fruit. Yeah. Season 10 episode. Oh, that hasn't happened yet. Oh, yeah, two, right. I think. Something like that. Oh, so, so, so those are presumably still real at this point. Yeah, those are probably real. Yeah. There's also now that we're analyzing this picture that no one listening to this can see. Um, finish off this scene. Yeah. yeah, they don't care. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a nice plate of uh, uh, fruits. What is that? That small plate right behind the uh, can we I don't know. Let's go. Berries. Oh, yeah. I think oh, raspberries, maybe. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now you see what it's like. Oh, no. He, look, he's eating one. You can see it's definitely yeah. a raspberry. Difficult. Remember the realtor from the art gallery? Yeah. Well, she had an open house. And let's just say it stayed open a little longer for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You had sex with her in an open house? In an open house. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you know, they have cookies at the open houses. Brought yeah. the cookies up with me. <laughs> so we had sex. Oh my God. I had some cookies, took a nap. Costanza style. What? Yeah. Well, they have the staging furniture. Wow. Oh, well. Mm. Well, what? Were you doing listening into our conversation? Fuck yeah, I was. <laughs> He's listening to the whole thing? Yes. Obviously. You said leave. You didn't say I couldn't come back. No, tell me where that fucking house is at. So, you, you you told me to leave. You never told me I couldn't come back. It's complete nonsense. Yeah. That's literally what leave the room means because we're having a private conversation. Yeah. No, but you know Leon's listening in. But why is Leon asking where the house is? Should he ask where the woman is, if anything? He, he wants to go lay in the bed where Jeff had sex with another woman. I, I mean, I guess the way he heard the story is that there is some. Yeah. Like he, that if he goes to check it's, out this house. Pretend that he's going to buy it. He'll get to have sex with this woman. Oh, oh, but yeah, but then, but he should really be asking for the for her information, not for the house information. You can't just show up at a house and hope that there's an open house there. Well, that's that's sounds like there would be like they're showing the house, so like he could like look into the house and yeah. wait till you know there's an opportunity to see it, and then he gets to have sex with this woman who's having sex with Jeff. So of course <laughs> she's gonna have sex with Leon. Yeah, presumably. If you're a listener and you're sexually attracted to Jeff, but not Leon, let us know. Um. Yeah. Please do. So we head back to Dr. Templeton's yeah. and Larry's explaining to Dr. Templeton that he's been having nightmares uh, lately about the fatwa. And as he starts explaining what, you know, kind of what he's going through, uh, Dr. Templeton, just like he's very distracted, he's bored, he stops him and he says, can I tell you what's really on my mind? I, I really I think I have an issue. And Larry's like, sure, go on. And he explains that Cheryl was here earlier and left him a gift set of truffle oils and he wonders how Cheryl would know that he and his wife love truffles so much Mm. and asks Larry did you by any chance tell Cheryl about you know that I was into truffles and Larry's like yeah of course I did that's that's exactly what happened Mm. and the doctor is very concerned he's very uh, upset by this he's afraid there's been a breach of patient doctor confidentiality Mm-hmm. Very, very serious. Yes. And uh, Larry's like, good news. There's no such thing as patient doctor confidentiality. It's actually doctor patient confidentiality, and it only goes in one direction. Now, hold on. I- I'm not sure I agree with Larry there. I- I'm not talking like legally, but sort of like, you know, what's the right thing to do? Like, if you're talking to your therapist and your therapist shared something, now I think most therapists probably don't share personal information about their lives, right? Yeah, so I like, wouldn't think. Those yeah, they just give advice. Practice. Yeah. All right. So, fair point. I mean, they might like once in a while, like refer to something from their own experience to like. Really but I'm saying, what if they did, they say, you know, when I lost my son, I don't know if you should go around telling them. Well, when my therapist lost his son. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, but you know, I think it's okay to say he likes truffle oils. Yes, I mean, <laughs> we need to discuss because we were talking about earlier. Like, there's been many terrible therapists on on curb, you know, from from those who just wear uh, overly uh, exposing uh, uh, swimsuits at the beach to those who will commit crimes for you uh, to those who will tell about their other famous patients and their visiting a prostitute, etc. But Doctor Templeton might be the worst therapist in curb history. <laughs> like Larry um... is telling him a story about like his fear of homicide. And he's like, wait, can I interrupt that to talk about my own shit? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, but Larry's fear of homicide is completely unfounded. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. All right. We're, we're going to see more of Dr. Templeton in this uh, scene. I mean, he, he, he declares breakthroughs when the patient objects. He's like, no, that's a breakthrough. Um, yeah. Dr. Templeton is in my bad book. Yeah, so uh, Larry's very apologetic. Oh, sorry. First, yeah, Dr. Templeton explains them this whole thing with the circle of trust, which he demonstrates with his hands. Mm. And uh, Larry apologizes. He's like, you know, I'll never do it again. I completely understand. And yeah, breakthrough. Um, Dr. Templeton writes down breakthrough in his notes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Larry tells him it's a waste of paper. Makes it official, yeah. Um, and so Dr. Templeton wonders is there anything else on your mind and Larry tells him he's been having a problem with his pants they have Mm. a short fly which has made it very difficult for him to extricate the penis yeah and of course the Tiddlywick penis is a well known move it's a well known thing Dr. Templeton heard about it from a friend of his yeah how is everybody like I feel like usually when like there's genital related uh, or at least the genitals that I'm familiar with personally related things on my curb or on Seinfeld it's like yeah this is something that's never really been acknowledged before now it's being acknowledged but like in this circumstance I'm totally flummoxed. Yeah, I've not. Maybe if your penis is like one inch long, but the story was actually initiated by Leon, who says that he has the big dick. So, excuse me, the big ass Johnson to use the nomenclature. Yeah, I guess I buy pants that were made in countries with people with the same penises as me. Yeah, exactly the same. So you haven't had the issue. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I guess I just have a regular size penis. That's fine. Um. So, yeah, so Dr. Templeton is like, uh, by the way, Barney's is having a sale. Uh, you could find much better pants there, you know, with better flaps, you know, more appropriately sized for uh, your particular Johnson. Mm. Uh, we got to be careful with those skinny mirrors, though, you know, especially with, you know, the subject matter in question. Like, yeah. you know, you, you know, you look in the, at Barney's and it looks like your penis will fit through the slap, the flap, and then you get home. <laughs> but <laughs> you realize your penis is actually much bigger than you thought. It was the skinny yeah. mirrors at Barney's yeah. that it tricked you. Yeah, but if you take it outside, you might get salt on, on the pants. <laughs> right, so very risky. Too. Yeah. yeah, it's very risky. You can also get mm. salt on your penis, which you don't want to do. <laughs> well, if your dick is a, if you have a big dick, then a big ass Johnson, it goes all the way out the, the bottom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it rubs along the floor. The disgusting like gray <laughs> snow on the streets of New York. No, it City. feels great though. You're like, yeah, I have a big penis. It drags yeah. along the floor of the disgusting city streets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Like, you know, I mean, you know, Jerry makes the line about how, like, if a belt buckle hits the side of your urinal, that's done with the belt buckle. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, like, I'm sure you've had, the, like, on rare occasions where accidentally, like, your penis touches the porcelain of, like, a trough at, like, an airport. And it's always, like, absolutely disgusting. And, like, you know, <laughs> you, you feel this instant desire to, like, shower. But, again, if you're in an airport, you're, like, have limited options. So, yeah. Yeah. I do what it is. Yeah. Maybe um, not everyone's as OCD as I am. Yeah. Um, he, you know, your penis just touched, you know, dirtier things. Like, you know. <laughs> Go on. I mean, it's like in that sentence. Urine? I don't know. You're in a sterile, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, okay. So you feel like that's the thing people say. I don't know. Also, hold on a second. Your penis doesn't touch urine. I mean, unless you're wearing a diaper. 
No, I mean, at some point, like it, it does. I mean, sure the does. tip, but the, you're not just soaking it in urine again. Like that's <laughs> you're what not soaking are. it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know. This is very disgusting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, this point. Yeah. there's a lot of penis talk in this episode. What did you expect? <laughs> what should they name the episode? All about the penises. <laughs> yeah, the penis flap. Yeah. Um. Okay, so. Okay, so Dr. Temple tell, tells him, okay, your session is over. Uh, do you know how I know that? And he asks Larry to turn around and he sees that, alas, there's a clock. Uh, he's so excited that Dr. Templeton took his advice. Uh, he says, you know, the only thing left to do now is to fix the chairs. And Dr. <laughs> tells, Templeton tells him that he'll tell Larry whenever uh, he considers changing them. And, you know, they thank each other. That, that's actually, that was actually a breakthrough. Uh, and Larry leaves. He heads over to the Rustic Canyon restaurant. Mm. Uh, he walks in. He tells the uh, maitre d' that he has a reservation for David. And the maitre d' says, good, good news. Um, notwithstanding the fact that you're 20 minutes early, the rest of your party is already here. And they were seated over there. They were uh, they were got here 10 minutes ago. And Larry looks over. And sure enough, Richard is sitting at the table. and He's waving over at him. Mm. So Larry walks over to Lewis and drills him on why he's half an hour early. What's going on here? And Lewis is like, well, why were you 20 minutes early? And Larry explains, because I wanted to beat you to the good seat. You always get the good seat. And Lewis says, that's bullshit. Larry asks him, fine, then change places if you don't care. And he's like, no, I can't. I already ordered. I don't know why having ordered is like now, <laughs> like the waiter is going to bring the food to the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, we all we had previously that we had like the, the Larry and Richard uh, fighting over the seat when they were had uh, lunch with Jerry that time. Yeah, like they argued over who should sit where, and then and then Richard just left. Oh no, sorry, it was sorry, I apologize. It was Larry and Jerry arguing about who should move yeah. over to make yeah. room for Richard. Yeah, and we had the camera angle. Um, Someone not notice Richard, which you know, was, to be fair, Richard was was is reasonable for him to be upset by two people arguing that they don't want to sit next to him. Yes. No, you sit next to him. I don't want yeah. to sit next to him. <laughs> I would also leave. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so Larry's really annoyed. He's like, so you're really not going to let me sit there? And Lewis says, I can't. And Larry says, okay, next time you have lunch, you better set your alarm clock for 7 a.m. or I'll beat you there. And Richard says, I'll go at 6.30. So Larry's like, fine, I'll stay over the previous night. I'll camp out outside the restaurant. So I'm there first thing in the morning when it opens. And Richard says, well, I got you beat because they bought one of my paintings already. So they'll let me put me, they'll let me wait in the kitchen. Game over. You lost. Mm. It's really a, a long way to go to get a better seat for 40. Yeah, it just <laughs> it just it's annoying to me that like we've had this exact story with Richard for, uh, over and over again. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, that, I hadn't thought about that when I watched the episode, but it's a good point. Mm. All right. Let's, yeah. Let's so go, go back to some Jeff and uh, Susie. Um, well, first we have uh, Jeff and the realtor. Yes, uh, they're at the open house. Um, and they're, you know, in their master bedroom where the realtor is, you know, screaming, talking like dirty talk uh, in like real estate lingo, <laughs> close the deals, make a sale. Um, that, that, that's how sex works, right? I mean, I haven't had sex with enough strangers, I guess. But in, in, in this, like, you know, when you have sex with a Palestinian, all they're talking about is, is <laughs> and when you have sex with a real estate agent. All they're doing is talking about real estate. Um, do you scream out, yeah. uh, do you scream out uh, lawyerly terms when you're having sex? Not typically. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then Jeff does hear like, like on curb, like everybody always has sit the sex the same way with like their legs like folded in half like that. Mm-hmm. 
like with like going up in the air. I pointed this out before. Let me show you. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Let's see the. We've seen. We've seen. Still shot. What? Let's see. Oh, I thought you were sharing your screen. Yeah, I'm going to. We we've seen Lowry for sure do this, and I think we've seen Jeff do it before also. I'd have to. I want to. I'd have to look it up to know when. Wait, we passed the field. I went too far. Yeah, yeah, too far. There, there, we passed them again. All right, we're gonna watch the scene for a second. It's a nice kitchen. It's a nice pool. It's a nice house. <laughs> oh, so with Jeff's legs pointed up like that, you're saying? Yeah. It's like well, a, well, I've seems... like seen multiple times when like men on curb have sex. They always like stick their feet up in the air like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've never really thought about what feet do uh, in the moment of orgasm, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's the thing. Yeah, maybe they do. I don't know. But it's like, yeah. it's like I specifically have only noticed that on curb. So I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. It's a thing that Larry David does. Right, or it's just like something that they think looks funny. Yeah, is my guess. I don't think that it's just like, oh, it's a known thing. All men fold their. Uh, By the way, it's, like it's, it's, it sounded to me like only one of them closed the deal there. Well, at least one of them did. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes, one of them certainly did. Fake, 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 fake. Yeah. And uh, okay, so yeah, now we're over at Jeff's house, and Jeff is telling Larry that he's seen every house for sale in Brentwood and has sex in every house for sale mm. in Brentwood. Why? While, while his wife is in the next room, he says. This. He's one that was already in escrow. Yes. And uh, Larry is very impressed. Jeff hasn't had to pay for a hotel because he has all these houses to go about in. And Jeff tells Larry that the realtor is great. She's got a great sense of style. And like he looks at looks at this. Look at this suit. And Larry tells Larry he's had it for four years. You know, it's no good anymore. And Larry tells him, well, you should know that Barney's is having a warehouse sale. Just like, how do you know something like that? And Larry starts stuttering. He doesn't know what to say. And he says, I just heard about it. I, I can't tell you from where. And Jeff keeps trying to push him. Like, tell me where you heard it. And Larry won't tell him. It doesn't so, seem impossible like that Larry would know this, the way they're acting. Um, I guess like just like Larry isn't the type that like shops at like high end places. Probably we've seen Larry shopping a lot of times. Like he he, he might buy the same like you know floppy sweaters or or khaki pants, but he could. I'm sure they sell things like that at Barney's also. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I, yeah. just, I guess he just he's probably just like. And I don't think he cares about money. I think he just goes and buys you know whatever sweater he wants or oh that's a nice sweater I'll go buy it you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he doesn't seem like a type that like particularly would care to like. Has well, to be like the sale part stuff. should be the sale part should be relevant to him, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Susie walks in and asks Jeff to explain, and Jeff's like, "Explain what?" And Susie says, "Well, one of my friends saw you riding with a woman in a car," um, which like seemingly could be explained in so many more innocent sounding ways than Jeff's explanation yes. that. That is the realtor with whom I was seeing houses in order to surprise you with a house that I was going to buy yeah, with our money advice. together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you ruined the surprise. Like, like my reaction to that would be, are you fucking insane? You were going to buy a house without <laughs> consulting me? Yeah. Like, that's not a fun there's, surprise. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing a spouse likes more than here. You're moving into another house that I chose for you without you. <laughs> yeah. Input. Right. Yes. You had no say in. I spent all our money on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, but Susie's look at Jeff from the start, like the scene implies that she knows that he's fucking the real estate agent. But how would she know that unless she just knows that he's doing that with everybody? Because that's apparently what he's doing. 
Yeah, well, I think she's just like naturally suspicious of Jeff when he's up to something. And, it's, you know, if he's spotted in a car with uh, yeah. some strange woman, her assumption is going to be that she, he's probably sleeping with her or trying to sleep with her. Yeah. But then as soon as he gives the convoluted lie, which is actually mostly true, half of it anyway. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, she has a real estate. She has nothing else, but it's true. Um, immediately, she buys it then. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, right. We've, we've, why- we've discussed this before with Susie, though. Is it possible that Susie... She feigns it because she wants out. Like, listen, being married to, to Jeff is no picnic, you know, just like being married to Susie. <laughs> yeah, she no fakes, picnic either. She's, she's sort of fakes dumb as a way to get the house that she wants, basically. That's clearly what she does by the end of the episode. Yeah. So, I mean, but then also it's like, okay, so it's like, this is your big victory that now your husband, because he was like cheating on you, now you get to have a more expensive house? Yeah, that's what she wants. Now she gets to decorate it. She's wants. very into fashion and style and design. She gets to, you know, spend her time buying new furniture and buying new, you know, tchotchkes and buying new light fixtures and buying new carpets and, you know, all the rest. Okay. There's, there's, people, right. from whom, there's people from that's a fun thing to do. Yeah, oh, for sure. I yeah. just, you know, Especially when money's not an like- issue. Because it's well, it probably mind. it probably is somewhat of an issue, but I guess maybe not. Well, for Susie, it's certainly not. For Jeff, it might be. Um, right, yeah, right. Susie That's the one who has to earn the, the Susie's money, openly right. trying to destroy his business at all times, sever his relationship with his <laughs> one client. We discussed, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, okay, so we head over to um, the Kenny's memorial, and Larry goes over to one of the servers and asks him if he can reserve a seat for him. And the guy's like, "No, sorry, doesn't this is a memorial? We don't do that." Uh, here and Larry's like not even for five dollars <laughs> the guy's like no he's so he's like so he gives him some more money and then the, the guy finally agrees yeah um so Larry looks over he sees Dr. Templeton he calls out hey to him um Dr. Templeton like barely responds he kind of just like nods and walks into the memorial um so Larry goes up to Cheryl and he's like what's Dr. Templeton doing here and Cheryl explains that she recommended him to Marty because he was having a really hard time with everything with Kenny um, Cheryl's just like passing this therapist all over town. Yeah, he's the only one. And um, Larry's like, you know, it was so weird. I got a really cold greeting from him. And I don't know if it was just like a funeral nod or if he's like angry about at me about like the whole thing with the chairs. And Cheryl thinks, you know, I think it would be kind of odd to get a big hello at a funeral. And he's like, well, I wasn't expecting a big hello, but maybe like a friendly hello. And Cheryl thinks he shouldn't be so obsessed with himself. Um, so he goes on yeah, what's to your tell take? her. Um, yeah, I mean, you. I, I think in general in life, people shouldn't assume that 99% of things that other people do have anything to do with them. Yes, also true. Uh, people are just like way too narcissistic and think everyone is like paying attention to them and even notices what they do, let alone mm-hmm. cares. For sure. Um, so yeah, presumably either he's just, it's a funeral or he's in a bad mood about something that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Those are the two most likely outcomes. Not that like he's pissed at you about something from therapy <laughs> from the other day. And he's like taking that out at you in a public setting by shunning you. Like, eh. yeah, I mean, people do that, I'm sure. But like most of the time, that's not what's happening. But in the world of Curb, whenever the most outlandish, outlikely, like ridiculous possible explanation is the one that's guessed, it's always proven to be correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's Larry David's involved, all yes. it's probably not him. Yes, <laughs> so that's the truth. So she's uh, Larry's correct. Cheryl's wrong. 
he should be thinking about himself because it's probably his fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes out to tell her that, you know, you got me in trouble with Dr. Templeton with this whole business with the truffle oils because apparently there was a breach of patient doctor confidentiality, which doesn't exist, by the way. And, and she was like, you know, maybe this whole idea of us seeing the same therapist wasn't such a good idea. It's getting a little complicated. Yo, you think? <laughs> You, you, you think it was a bad idea for you and your ex-husband to both tell you tell talk about all your life problems too at the same time? Yeah. Who could have guessed? Yeah. Um, she also keeps referring to him as Lionel in the conversation, which which is increasingly pissing off Larry. Yes. Um, Susie, for her credit, is very uh, complimentary of Jeff's new three piece suit for Marty's telling her that, like, the vest really makes him look uh, felt. Uh, well, let's say uh, Morse felt. Not so. <laughs> uh, she asked him where he got it. And he's like, oh, I got it. There was like a warehouse sale at Barney's, um, which Larry recommended to him. And she's like, really? I find that hard to believe. Like, why would Larry know about a warehouse sale at Barney's? And she tells Charles over Larry. She's like, something's off between the two of you. What are you guys up to? This is one of your Michigas going on. Mm. And he is like, Larry, how do you know about a warehouse sale at Barney's? And Larry looks up to the left and sees that Dr. Templeton is uh, looking at him and listening to the conversation. And he says very loudly so that Dr. Templeton can hear. I will not tell you who told me about the warehouse sale because I am not at liberty to say. And she keeps pressing for an answer, but he won't tell her. They start arguing and causing a scene as Larry insists he won't say, which makes Susie assume that Jeff must be lying. Yes. Uh, and having sex is. with a real estate agent. <laughs> yes. Larry walks up to Dr. Templeton and he tells Larry that he overheard his conversation with Jeff and Susie and he appreciates that he respected the patient doctor confidentiality, which does exist. And Larry assures him that, you know, whenever somebody tells me something, I always take it to heart, which obviously is not true. And although he does do that a lot, I guess, like he's always very into like learning rules and then applying those rules yes. as he sees fit in the real world. Yes. Um, so he does. Th- he does often take things to heart. Um, Larry then asks him about the grim hello earlier. And he's like, great observation. <laughs> and he assures him that it was a downward nod indicating a solemn hello, given that they're at a funeral, as opposed to an upward nod for a more joyous occasion. Mm hmm. And Larry's like, okay, so what about the chair shopping invitation? Is that still on the table? And he's like, no, I think I'm going to do it by myself. And Larry's like, okay, well, can I meet Mrs. Templeton? And uh, Dr. Templeton tries, uh, kind of tries saying to the subject selling, um, you know, I don't think that she would like that. And uh, Larry's like, yeah, but Cheryl's met her. You know, what's the difference? And Dr. Templeton explains that Cheryl and Mrs. Templeton are friendly. So it's different. Mm-hmm. And Larry wonders why the double standard. He explains that Mrs. Templeton has indicated that she would rather not meet Larry. Um, so Larry's like, all right, well, I guess send her my regards. And he says, I probably won't do that either. Yeah. So <laughs> obviously, Dr. Templeton would not be talking about Larry to Mrs. Templeton. So well, the, the implication obvi- is that it's coming from Cheryl. Oh, well, I would say obviously he is because yeah. he's full of shit and he himself oh, is breaching oh, I, actual patient, sure. doctor patient's confidentiality. Oh, for sure. I agree with you. But I'm saying, but in his head, how does this come right. off? Um, I guess it could be. If, if she really is friends with Cheryl, then she probably knows a lot of like bad shit about Larry. Yeah, I guess so. But the, which is just another reason why, unless Cheryl is like trying to score points with a therapist against her ex-husband. Yeah, probably not. I don't think she gives a shit yeah, about Larry. That's the kind of thing that Larry would do. She's actually. dating. Ted Larry would see right this. Now. Yeah, Larry would see the same therapist to try and get back. Yeah, to it probably is that like she's friends with Cheryl. Like even yeah. when they were married, like Cheryl probably told him crazy nonsense that Larry does. 
now that they're divorced, you probably, you probably shouldn't be friends with the spouse of your therapist also. Yeah. Although, I mean, I'm sure it happens a lot. Right? Yeah. Like, in small communities people... like the one we live in or uh, yeah. Hollywood. I guess so. Well, you know, you know, you have a friend who's a therapist, like people like go to them. Yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. I think it probably happens a lot. No, I mean, I, I yeah, it's I, probably I, not I, the best I, idea. I've been to doctors sure who are like spouses of friends of mine or friends. Of yeah, mine, actually. So, yeah. 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 Um, OK, um, we'll now come to the uh, crux of the uh, memorial service and we'll go back to the table one last time. Um, I think this is like a long one, so we'll try to break it up a little bit. But uh, this was not one we were going to miss. At the memorial. Hello and welcome. To hold, the hold on. Pause for a second. Yeah. The guy who's who's showing him to his seat. The usher. Yeah. Who, who is that guy? Oh, uh, is that the Hollywood handbook guy? Yeah. And the reason I know that is because I just watched Kevin can F himself. Yeah, you wrote this in like in some in something that I saw. Where did you write this? That's no, what I, like. I, oh, but I didn't, didn't notice that it was the guy in Curb until right now. Oh, so you just really you randomly wrote. Oh, that's so funny because you wrote. Oh, here it was in the, the Hollywood 32 handbook fans. guy is in Kevin can F himself. OK, so in 32 fans um, TV group, you wrote about this. Not about and Curb. Like, yes, but Owen responded. Did you mean to write this in the pretty, pretty, pretty good group? Oh, I didn't understand what he was saying. Because he was referencing this. Oh. That he's in this week's episode oh. of Curb. Yeah, because I saw this week's episode like five days ago. I didn't know who that guy was. Then I saw um, that I saw all of Kevin Kenneth himself in the intervening five days was reading about the cast online and clicked on this guy who plays Kurt, and I see he's from the Hollywood Hammock. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think Akiva mentioned that. That's why Akiva likes the show so much. And now I'm uh-huh. watching this clip right now, having just seen that guy's face a bunch, and now I recognize him. It's all coming yeah. together. Wow. Sorry, Very I random. No, I did not mean it pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, but you, I guess you uh, you did. Subconsciously did. On some level. Here he is. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right, let's continue with the Kel. You interrupted the Kel Male Rachamim. Mm, sorry. Kelser. We begin today with a traditional memorial prayer. Kel male rachamim. Kel male rachamim. Very solemn. Oh, Larry David's here at room zero. Where's my seat? What are you talking about? I reserved, I reserved that seat. I gave the guy 20 bucks to reserve. Look, here's the sign. You, you threw it on the floor. Sign? Fuck the reserve sign. This is a memorial service, not a Nick game. You gotta respect the reserve sign. <laughs> this is the worst seat in the whole house. I did it because the bathroom's 10 feet away. And I, 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 it's a reserve sign. You can't just throw it on the just floor. Say, Asshole, I'm not you reserved. don't throw it on the floor. Beat it, will you? Just oh. get out of here. But pause for a second. I, I got a fight I gotta do with you. I need that. Clearly, Richard's in the wrong here, right? <laughs> you don't take a reserve uh, sign and throw it on the garbage at a memorial. It could be some family member. You have no idea who it is. Yeah, I mean, obviously Richard's an asshole. Fuck the reserve sign. What an asshole. See, I'm sorry about your fatwa, but yeah, I'm sorry about your fatwa. But you always have to have the good seat. <laughs> so I have a, a friend, a mutual friend of ours, um, who's um we went to a uh Mets game once. This was when we were in like, I think in college, we went to a Mets game. And there was like a rain delay and we were like waiting in my car. I had, I was driving, I think it was my mom's car was like a minivan that had like those sliding doors. Mm. Um, and we were like waiting to hear like when the game was going to start, we were just like sitting in the car. Cause I think it was like still like actively raining. And then finally it was like time to go. Um, or at some point, sorry, at one point, like he had to go to the bathroom. 
So he went out to like the side. He's just like, I'm gonna like, just gonna like pee on the floor of the parking lot. Like, no, like you know, I have no choice. I gotta pee. And you know, you're like, poisoning. <laughs> exactly. It's very serious. <laughs> um, so he gets he goes right to the side of the car to pee. And while he's peeing, I push the button to open the sliding doors just to like mess with him. Okay. And so he said that he stopped peeing, like because he was scared, and then like he couldn't finish. And that he complained for years that I had ruined his urinary tract, that he still had issues. Oh, can I guess who this is? Sure. Um, is it somebody who wouldn't I'll want to name you, set on the podcast? I'll give you a hint. He, you can't spell urinary, urinary tract uh, oh. without the first three letters of his name. Oh, oh, that's not who I thought it was. Oh, that's even yeah. funnier. Yeah. I thought it was someone who goes only by a nickname. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, wait, he seriously blames you for that? Yeah, I think it's. I don't. I I should find out from him if he still blames me or if it's what over. The, what the status is. But it was for many years. Would it be many funnier? Can I, can I message him out of the blue right now and ask, um, how's your urinary tract doing? Sure. He'll probably understand what like where it's from. He will. Okay. Uh, first of all, we have to discuss when's the last time I've spoken to him. Um. All right. The last message we have to each other is May nineteenth, twenty twenty. It's been right. almost two years. What was the last message? Hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it was, he said to me, and now there aren't even sports at all. So there you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Coronavirus. So that was May of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Ask him how his urinary tract is doing. Um, in the meantime, we'll continue with the scene. Okay. It is 1230 in the morning, by the way. Yeah. So he'll respond in the morning. Yeah. I predict that he'll like he'll know what you're talking about. He'll know what, like, he'll know that it relates to me in that story. Okay, let's let's hope so. It's very, it's a very specific question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, especially if you're not really having urinary disorders. You took it again. You took it again. You took it again. I didn't. The Lord is his portion. May he rest in peace. No, I know I deserved it, but he just ignored it. Amen. 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 Get him out of there. He's a mourner. He's not mourning. He's mourning because he's losing his hair on the top. That's what he's mourning. I'm an usher. I'm not a bouncer. Okay. You know what? Forget it. You're the last usher I ever bribed. Fear not, death. We are all destined to die. We share it with all who ever lived. (laughs) Of course. Death is better than a life of pain. Oh, Mrs. Templeton. Larry, do not address Mrs. Templeton. I hope you're enjoying truffle season, Larry. As a drop of water in the sea. As a grain of sand, the good things in life Who's last she? for limited I'm days. But it's none of your business anyway. Go find a seat. Why don't you save me a seat? You never asked me to save you a seat. Hey. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'd like to bring forward Kenny's uncle, Martin Funkhauser, who would like to say a few words. Great. Martin, please. That's the Thank you, Rabbi Grossman. Oh, sorry. I would like to take a moment to acknowledge my former beautiful daughter, Jody who's now my handsome son, Joey. I love you, Joey. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Okay, now, this person is not credited in this episode, as far as I can tell. And this is not the person who plays his son in future episodes. I don't think so. I think that is Chaz Bono. Yeah, no, that is Chaz Bono. So I'm not sure. Maybe they just, maybe that's why they don't, I don't know. Strange. But yeah. he, has to speak. he says, he says a few words. He should be credited. Yeah. It's not until like next season, though, that, Jody, that sorry, Joey shows up again, right? I don't remember when. I know that we see Chaz Bono, but the order is season all, ten because well, that, it must there's be, the whole. It's not season eleven, obviously. We just saw season right. 11. No, but I mean it's not season nine either. I think it's season ten. 
because it's the whole thing with the he has like the big penis and the urinal. And no, but season Lowry's 10 is when we were season 10 is when we don't have Marty, isn't it? And that's when we had Vince Vaughn show up for the first time. So it must be yeah, later in season nine, maybe. I think it's with Latte Larry's with that the urinals. It. Oh, I don't remember. I think so. Let's see. I'm looking at Joey Funkhauser and Curb Wiki. Yeah, in season 10, episode 10 is known to have a giant penis. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we meet him in season nine also, don't we? Or do we not? I don't think so. I don't think. I think oh, the he, only that's time the only there. I think. Mm. So the only thing he's known for is his giant penis. Interesting. Chaz Bono. Yeah, and obviously that's what Larry was originally very uh, concerned with. Chaz Bono curb. Season 10 finale. Yeah, I, I think so. Did it's like, I, so like they like it doesn't fit into this episode at all. This whole storyline with Joey being the transgender child, like, were they just planting the C teams later? Like, it's very like just an interesting choice that they like, just like dropped that into this it, episode. It is strange, where, and you could say, well, you know, we should be meeting Marty's family at this memorial service, but we don't see Kenny's father or mother. The only other family person we see is, 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 is Marty's son. So it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. In fact, it's like it's this it seems like it's like only a, a family funeral. This like uh, hot shot kid had no friends who attends his funeral. He like, tragically dies running with the bulls. Yeah. Where's the prostitute? Where's his beloved? Uh... Yeah, where's the prostitute? It's a good yeah. question. Where's why didn't she show up? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she stays in France, Spain. Spain, yeah, yeah, or France. I mean, she could have gone to France after, yeah. This Hope, is uh, France extradites people had, to Spain. Hopefully, she had her money on, on the bull, not on Kenny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be a safe bet. Don't bet on a Funkhauser <laughs> against a bull. <laughs> Kenny Funkhauser was my nephew, he was a golden child, he's a straight A student, a great athlete. He was going to Stanford. Okay, now pause for a second. This is crazy. He has no idea who that is. <laughs> Probably not the mother, given her right. But like, it's insane what he does here. This is absolutely insane. <laughs> Somebody's crying too hard at a child's funeral. It's completely insane. Calm down, calm down. What's the big deal? I would argue the lack of emotion being shown by everyone else. I mean, look at the yeah. guy. The guy next to her looks a little weirded out, also, but maybe he's weirded out by Larry. Yeah, more probably more by Larry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you? What are you insane? This person. It's a funeral for a child. Yeah, who was tragically killed, stomped to death by bulls. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is people are going to be upset. Right. Yeah, they should be. You're right. All right. Well, Larry tells her to shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay, just whimper. Can you yeah, this is one of the craziest this things is he's a done. Day of celebrating Kenny's life. What are you doing? Go, go cry outside. Go cry outside. No, this is the funeral. <laughs> you go not cry outside. Shut up. I mean, it does seem like it's it's a, it's not the funeral per se. It's like a memorial service of you know some sort. I, th- I think uh, crying is still to be expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, of course, yes. Oh wait, oh, here comes Fatwa, man. <laughs> here comes the Fatwa. Yes. And someday we'll see him again. Maybe play catch with him even. When we leave this service today, let's not feel sad. Let's be upbeat because that's what Kenny would have wanted. He was a very happy young man. Fonwa! He's got a gun! (laughs) 
So, so that's like a, a large Sephardic kippah, presumably, that he's wearing? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, he could not. He doesn't have to be Jewish. Like, he could well, be... Well, I bet a lot of people wearing kippahs weren't Jewish because it's... Like, you know, Literally stomping on the hook. Yes. <laughs> the mandatory flag. Why is this guy wearing a thick trench coat when no one else is wearing a jacket? The weather's nice outside. Yeah, I mean, he was very much purposely trying to make his cast look like, like a weapon, yes. like a machine gun. So, like, yeah. that's kind of his fault. He was like trying to be. But look uh, at Marty stoic up there, not afraid the whole time. I think he's just like in shock. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. How many memorials and funerals and grave sites has that been for the Funkhauser family that Larry has now destroyed? I think three. Four. Didn't he have the uncle with the golf club? Or was that his dad? That was his uncle, I believe. No, but there was the testimonial and the funeral. Hmm. And then there was the mother's uh, flowers. Right. Yeah. So I I don't know. I don't think he desecrated the father in any way. Yeah. No, I just. He he wanted to sit in the seat at the Dodgers game, but. Yeah, not his funeral or you know, or death or you know death related uh, yeah. service. I don't not that I can recall. Yes, I think this is the third. No, but no, but there, there was two with the uncle because he ruined the testimony. Oh, okay, fine. And then fine, he fine. also yeah, right. And then he ruined the the funeral. Right, right. Yes, third, right, third, third fourth event, third person, the, yeah. third, third person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He, so. he also caused Nan to divorce him by sending her to to, to London on his uh, work trip. He's caused a lot of damage on the Funkhauser Mishpacha. Yeah. So, yeah, so at another uh, house viewing, uh, Jeff now seeing the By house way, interesting, view- having just watched the um, Bob Einstein documentary to see mm-hmm. Bob Einstein playing a character who's, you know, shocked by the inappropriate behavior at the funeral of a uh, of a young right. Loved one. Right. Right. Yeah. But it, he, he, doesn't, he didn't say that it's uh, ruined the funeral, though. Yeah. He, he, he gives Larry the stare that he was probably giving um, Uncle Milty or who, 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 who was Milton <laughs> Berle and somebody else, wasn't it, that he said? I don't remember. Rest? Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they're there. Jeff and Susie are seeing the house with the realtor. She's walking them around the kitchen. Uh, you know, Susie then wants to go see the master bedroom. And the realtor tells them they could either take the grand staircase to the elevator. Uh, Susie opts for the elevator and they head up and they go into the master bedroom. And uh, Susie wonders if the furniture is included. And the realtor explains that the furniture that's here is all staged, but she could definitely talk to the designer to see if, you know, maybe they can work something out. So so and the message Susie's giving here is that she knows, right? It seems like she does. Yeah. I mean, very much. No, she clearly knows. Um, or at least she strongly suspects. I mean, she wants. To, but I mean, no, but not. But that it happened in this house in particular, because she wants to go straight to the bedroom. Then she asks about the bed yeah. itself. Yeah. Yeah. Very strange. Um, she doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so she's like, hey, Jeff, you like the bed? Jeff's like, I don't know, it's a bed. Yeah. And, you know, she asks if they're negotiable, but the realtor says, no, actually, like, they're very fixed. Like, this is the price. Um, so Jeff's like, yeah, I guess it's too bad. It's out of our price range, uh, to which Susie says, we'll take it. And uh, Jeff is surprised. He doesn't understand. Um, and um, Susie declares sold. Sorry, the realtor's like sold, and uh, Susie looks at Jeff with a smirk. So maybe do you think Susie and the realtor were in cahoots? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, the real I don't think that Susie spoke to the realtor and said, hey, here's a plan. I go fuck my husband so I can get a house. 
Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I don't think that part. But, um, I, you know, it's like if I was looking at a house that was outside my price range, it's not like, oh, well, I guess my wife said I'm buying it. So we're buying it. Like, I, I, you know, I guess maybe Jeff's uh, price range is a little bit different than mine. Yeah. And, and here, here's, I think, one of these episodes where I would say, um, even though it wasn't really the main storyline, I think that the episode would have been better off had it ended here. Yes, I agree. The ending is very because I really am not a fan of this ending. Yeah. Agreed. Let's get to the chair um, shopping. Yeah, we go chair shopping, uh, which is weird because like last we left it off, he said that he wasn't going to come for chair, bring him with him for chair shopping. Yeah. So I don't know what changed. I guess Larry wore him down. Um, so Maybe they he just wants out. a free chair out of it because as we'll see, yeah, I guess. He, he interpreted Larry coming with him to go chair shopping as Larry offering to purchase the chair. Yeah, which, which is, is a little presumptuous. Ridiculous. Yeah, completely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so they finally won the final one that Larry likes. As you said, he's very uh, he's very happy. He's like, thank you. That's so generous of you. And Larry's like, I'm sorry. Are you under the impression that I'm paying for this chair? And uh, Dr. Templeton looks at his watch and tells Larry they're out of time. Yeah, what does See that you mean? You week. walk away. So you just assume. He right. Because that's a chair. Because that's how life works. Yeah, I, I'm going home. Fuck you. Um, yeah, next time I'm in my, an argument with my wife about something, I'll say, oh, sorry, we're out of time. And then I win the arguments. <laughs> now she has to do whatever I said because yeah. I, you know, we're out of that's time. It works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. The, the argument ended. Mm. Well, the episode ends. The episode ends there. We'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> Should we just stop? Um, I mean, what's your rating for this episode? Um, I'm, I think higher than I expected on this episode, and I think even I still higher. Yeah. What? Never mind. Go on. Oh, um, oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> um, I, um, I, I definitely going through it, um, soured on it a little bit. I think, um, definitely like talking through, there was some, you know, more obvious things that, uh, we kind of, uh, picked apart. Uh, but I still found this episode to be very entertaining. Uh, Brian Cranston is just like super fun, um, playing this like kind of like straight man, but like this like very big asshole straight man. It's like a, it's an interesting, fun character. Um, and there's just like a lot of other fun stuff in here. Um, Maybe not the, um, you know, all, all the Funkhauser stuff and like this uh, memorial. It's a kind of shoehorned in. Like, who cares that this character died? I mean, not, you know, he's a child, but like, you know, no, he's not. He's a show, fictional character. We don't care. Right. We don't have to pretend to no, care. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, like, he's yeah. not, he's not, he wasn't relevant to this show. So oh, like, completely relevant. Yeah. Like, yeah. Kind of this like weird choice. Well, we said this um, earlier, but like the episode title is a yeah. reference to something happening off screen to this guy. It's such a weird choice to me. Yeah, very weird choice. Um, but yeah, I still overall really had a lot of fun watching this and uh, rewatching it. So I'm going to say this episode is pretty, 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 pretty good. Three and a half pretties. Um, and uh, yeah, season four continues to be stronger yes. than expected. Yeah, season nine continues to be strong for you. For me, season four, where, season nine. Yeah, this is where it falls off a little bit. By the way, in terms of titles, the one I came up with is Dr. Templeton's chair. Dr. That's Templeton's how they're going to end chair. the episode. Okay, or maybe just the chair. But the chair is too vague, I think. The chairs. I like getting Dr. Thompson um, in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like the, it's not often that you would have like a character in the title. Like that. Well, Dr. they have. Tumblr we're not going to. You're not going to get me to say something bad about dot, dot, dot. Right. Right. Mickey. Uh, next season. Yeah. Yeah. Mickey. Um, another uh, TV star playing a uh, character. Not himself. All right. I, I'm not as high as you. I, I did. We get some good Leon. Funkman and Richard are both pretty funny. Uh, oh, yeah. The Leon scene is wonderful. Yeah. Cranston is a solid guest. 
But overall, the episode kind of fell flat for me. And honestly, going through it on the podcast, it has sort of reminded me of a lot of it that I thought was sort of boring and didn't really go anywhere. So it's fine. I'll say it's pretty, pretty good. I'll give it two pretties. I rank it number 79 out of 95. All right. Very cool. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. What about uh, who is your come with gal or guy? Um, I come with a guy. Got to just go with Leon this time. Um, he's just like so great in those one or two scenes. Just definitely has the most memorable lines in this episode. It's like he's like he's not capable of talking without being hilarious. It's mm-hmm. really crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's a, a very big move for Leon because with that, he breaks the tie with Susie and moves up into sole possession of fourth place in oh, the wow. come with guy standings. And the second time very you've cool. nominated him this season already. Um He's good, but it's not, you know, we don't really get enough of him compared to like, you know, season episode one when it was uh, a unanimous choice for both of us that we gave it to him. Yeah. I'm going to give it to someone who uh, we're probably not going to see again, I'm guessing, which is the real estate agent. She gets unlimited sex. She makes a sale. How <laughs> this sex from Jeff? But that's what she wants, apparently. <laughs> right. If, you, if, if you're a listener and you're trying yeah, let us know. But from her perspective, she gets sex and she gets a big commission. Win win. Yeah. Who leaves win, this episode win, win. at a higher point than her? And if, by the way, if having sex with Jeff is terrible, well, guess what? She doesn't have to have sex with him anymore. So <laughs> I suppose not. Wins all the way around. Yeah. So to me, she, she's the winner of the episode for sure, which is a which is an award on, on a different uh, podcast we both guessed it on. So I'm, I'm, I'll say that she's my come with gal. All right. I like it. You're a fucking asshole. That's what you are. All right. Who's your fucking asshole? Um, I went back and forth on this. Um in the end, though, I'm going to go with Richard Lewis because he's just such a fucking asshole in this episode. Like, he's, like, so pretentious at the beginning. And then, like, he's just, like, he's, like, Larry's, like, basically begging him to, like, let him sit in the good seat one time. And he won't. Like, he even, like, steals his seat at a funeral, causes a whole ruckus. Just, like, fucking asshole top to bottom throughout the episode. Um, it, it's just, like, hard for me to avoid. Yeah. He is definitely an asshole. You're right about that. Uh, but is he a fucking asshole? Yeah. Uh, Jeff cheats on his wife. Obviously, he's a fucking asshole. Um, he's Larry, doing that every episode. Yeah. Larry helps kill off another Funkhauser and then ruins another <laughs> right. Funkhauser family event. So he's kind of an asshole. But to me, it's got to be Dr. Templeton. Brian Cranston, this therapist, he tries to reverse confidentiality. He like <laughs> right. rudely blocks Larry from even saying hello to his wife. And then he manipulates Larry to buy him a chair. He is the fucking asshole. What an asshole. Um, Brian Cranston, uh, well well done. But uh, Dr. Templeton is my fucking asshole. Yeah, that, that is who I was going back and forth on with between him and Richard and uh, ultimately decided on Richard. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very deserving choice. He's quite a fucking asshole. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. Richard Lewis was uh, the fucking asshole in the bracelet, obviously. Uh, he was the fucking asshole, both of us said again, in the car salesman. I don't remember. What did he do in the car salesman in particular? <laughs> He like like cock blocks him to make a sale. Yeah, that's true. He's trying to make a sale. Yeah. Um, then I gave it to him in Lewis needs a kidney. I think for being unappreciative. <laughs> Do you remember who you gave it to? You gave it to Pete from Jack in the Box. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> he's the guy from um from what's it called from um from Pulp Fiction. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and uh, and now Richard Lewis gets it again. So this is uh the third time for for you. I've already given it to him three times. So uh, a full three times for uh, from each of us now for Richard. Cool. Would you stop with the Ted dance? Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse. The only, you know, big, big cameo we have, of course, is, is Brian Cranston, who's playing a character, so not eligible for the uh, Ted Dancing Club. Is it time for the postman? Yes, but we actually do have some Apple reviews to read that ah. I 
alluded to last time and then forgot to read. All right. Well, I'm only able to read a couple of them because I every time I open up the see all, it tries to open up iTunes and I don't see why that would be helpful. All right. So just tell uh, us the last couple of them, I guess. Yeah. The one I saw here is from UF Med 2001 mm. who wrote uh, Alex and Av are my come with people ever. LOL, guys. LOL. Mm. Um, and then Destroyer76 wrote uh, just uh, a couple days ago, wrote very good dot dot dot. I mean, update. Stop saying I mean. Still four stars. Um, Which one of us? I guess. I don't know. Do I say I mean a lot or do you say mm. I mean a lot? I mean, I feel like I mean, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Stop saying I mean. <laughs> or if it's me, I'll try to stop. This guy doesn't like it. He still goes with four stars. So. Okay. I mean, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being annoying now. Um, and then there was wait, there was one very bad one that we got. Oh, yeah. I wanted to read. Yes, give us the bad one. But I can't get it at the moment. Oh, how convenient. <laughs> no, let me see if I can get it on my yeah, phone. Yeah. I saw it on my phone before. Okay, this person. This is re- ridiculous. Is, is he misspelled ridiculous? He spelled it R-I-D-I-C-L-O-U-S. He missed the U. He I think his spelling is ridiculous. St- one star, verbal vomit. <laughs> he says, Blood. nothing is more boring than having someone retell you a movie you haven't seen, except having someone retell you something you have seen. <laughs> Please listen to a few succession podcasts to see how one should be done. Why would we listen to a succession podcast? I don't understand what that means. Because they talk about Kerbalas. <laughs> I guess. But there's a lot of succession podcasts where they just they go through the whole episode of succession. Yeah. Well, you're not listening to the one he wants you to listen to. I guess. the one. There's several that I listen to. That Who, who's, the, who's, the, who's the poster, brother? What's the, what's the name of the username? This is Ridiculous. Oh, that's the name? Oh, that's the username. The username is This is Ridiculous. But so are they, do the they year. create it just to give us the negative review? Or do they use this account to give negative reviews to other podcasts as well? I don't know. I don't. Think or I'm can you give a positive? This is ridiculous. What a great podcast! <laughs> yeah, I don't know. As well, yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you for writing in. Yeah. Um, I guess. Well, I mean, I have listened to several Succession podcasts. I don't know what you want my next action step to be, because um, that hasn't really pointed me in the right direction. I don't think. Mm. Um, um, but, this is ridiculous. You had me at verbal vomit. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that was it's a funny comment. Yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, now we can jump into the uh, postman proper. Postman! Postman! Come here! Tell the neighborhood! What a Shonda, Larry! Larry David! You are a lousy Jew! But you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! Shonda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! And first off, we have a letter from John Gormley, who says, Hello, Av and Alex. This is a wonderful episode of Curb. Mm. Brian Cranston is a phenomenal actor, but it always kind of bugged me that he was playing a character rather than himself, not necessarily because he is too famous, but because he played such a big role on Seinfeld, which obviously exists in this world. That's true. We didn't even talk about the whole yeah. uh, Watley of it all. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, do you Lair- think he Lair- just uh, took the job of being a... Uh, therapist in order to get the uh, patient uh, doctor confidentiality. But dentists have it as well, don't they? Uh, That's true. Yeah. But yeah, you think Larry would say, you know, Dr. Templeton, (laughs) you look like an actor I once knew on a television (laughs) show I produced. You may have heard of it. 
I mean, Curb never does that, right? They never reference real people to those people playing someone else, like the way like SNL does, for example. Yeah, I know they don't do that. Yeah. Um, he says it would be sort of like if Wayne Knight or Jerry Stiller played a character in Curb and my head would spin. However, yeah, I mean, well, Wayne Knight and Jerry Stiller, well, Wayne Knight was on Curb playing Wayne Knight playing Newman. Right. He was on his way. Season seven. Right. Jerry Stiller was not. We discussed, even though Estelle was, we figured he wasn't available at the time. Well, we had with uh, what's her name? We had Vicky Lewis, who played a character in Seinfeld and plays a yes, different character. But, on m- Curb. but much less famous. And there's a number of people on the show who have played someone in Seinfeld and played a different person. Here. Well, she's 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 more famous. Not now, but with Brian Cranston for Breaking Bad, but meaning she was much more famous when, you know, in the 90s than Brian Cranston. Because, yeah, because she was also on news radio, right? Yeah. But I'm saying, but Brian Cranston's character, Tim Watley, is a much more significant character in the world of Seinfeld and has many more reappearances than, yes. than somebody who w- worked in one yes. episode for George. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, to get a raise, um, she uh, got out of the show. However, once I put that aside, I really enjoyed everything that he did here. Hooray for the death of little funk. I've been trying my best to somewhat <laughs> mentally vision. <laughs> Great. The Funkhauser family tree, but there's too many discrepancies between information given about them throughout the series. I agree. I once tried to look into this also. Yeah. And we literally don't know if Freddie is his brother or his uncle. Yeah, we have no husband. idea. Yeah. The relationship between and yeah. also Vince Vaughn. We have no idea. Yeah. That Freddie. Yeah. Sorry about yeah, that. So yeah. So Freddie, Kenny. I mean, Freddie should have mentioned the loss of Kenny at least once. You would think. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> he, he never showed up to any of these uh, simchas. Or right. until, until until Marty disappeared went, yeah. went to China. Maybe he was in China and they switched places. Oh, I see. You can only have one fuck. There must always be a Funkhauser in China. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he says, "Yeah, I tried it. This task is virtually impossible. However, I do have a few thoughts that might fix one or two of the plot holes. However, it does ask more questions, which I'll address when Freddie joins next season. Interesting. All right. Oh, okay." All right, we'll have to wait till next season. John Both Richard Lewis portrait and Jeff fucking the realtor subplots were classic, classic, classic genius Kerbits. Wow. Susie, of course, has a super ultra radar for any shit Jeff gets up to, which melted beautifully together with Larry's confidentiality agreement with Dr. Heisenberg. Come with guy is Larry covering everybody's back throughout the episode. Fuck me, asshole is Leon for making up stories about his Johnson <laughs> as revealed in a deleted scene. Oh, I what is John teasing here? Did he give you a link? I don't know. But this is so this is not even there's a I guess there's a later scene where he says that he's in the big Johnson club. No, no, no. No, that's not in this episode. That's a different that's season. Saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's no, we a know whole later discussion. Yeah, yeah. There's all the different clubs. He's in the big Johnson no, but I'm club. I'm saying I forgot to say earlier. It's like when he started, I was like, oh, this is big Johnson club. And like, it's not even that. It's a uh, whole separate yeah, yeah, Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he calls it a Johnson. It's a great yeah. name. Big ass Johnson. <laughs> big ass Johnson. Yeah. Um, and uh, he says the episode is pretty, 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 pretty good. Four so pretties. Three and a half? Oh, four. Okay, so just tops you. I mean, I'm if you if you just put in the email, I'm just gonna count the pretties. You wrote pretty four times. So yeah. I would assume that's four. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you if you if you want an exact number, just put it write a number. No, you, I, I, I write it out. You gotta write out the pretties. Oh, you could write it out, but then I'm assuming that every pretty is one pretty. I'm not yeah, well, unless like, the, you know, unless start. the final pretty is a smaller font or something like that. It's not a smaller font, but he it's not as extended. It only has one Y. Oh. So you're saying it might. So, yeah, no, if it's the full word in the regular size font yes. with all the letters, it's just a full I, pretty. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. He's just doing it for like dialect. Yes. Um, 
Okay. Joshua Smith says, just an okay episode. For me, the Jeff sleeping with the realtor storyline kind of fell flat. Although Brian Cranston as the therapist was very good. Come with guy is Leon. Fucking asshole is Jeff. Rating is two and a half. Pretty out of five. Okay. Jim Crumley says that running with the Bulls was a step up from the past couple of episodes, largely due to Brian Cranston. He fits right in nicely as an almost sane person who could control Larry's excesses. Three pretties. Come with guy is Dr. Lionel Watley Templeton. And the fucking hassle is Cheryl for breaking ex-husband, ex-wife confidentiality. Oh, I guess so. He's assuming that Cheryl's the one who told her. Which but we know that's case. not a confidentiality, right? That's why Larry well, was always afraid to break up. He's put it. He's putting it in. Uh, he put it in quotes. So he's meaning. But it's just kind of like, yeah, a thing that you don't do. You don't go around, you know, bad mouthing. I mean, I'm sure many people do, especially yeah. if it ends, uh, <laughs> if it ends yes. badly. Yeah. Uh, Except for Mary's but... version for her, her and Ted, things ended wonderfully. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're be- even better friends. <laughs> encourages him to ask. <laughs> I mean, again, to me, that's one of the lovely things about Curb, that in the world of Curb, much like in real life, everybody thinks Ted Hansen's an absolute delight, except Larry David knows that he's a Jurassic and hates him. And no one right. else no one else sees it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she gets Larry into trouble with the truffle thing with the, with the doctor. Doesn't she know who she's dealing with? William Blake then says, hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will. And come on, can you whimper? <laughs> this may be one of the episodes where Cheryl's presence actually makes some sense. Larry ruining another funeral is classic herb. Come with mm-hmm. guys, Larry. The ultimate come with guy makes sure your illicit trusts with real estate agents are kept under wraps, right? The fucking asshole is Kenny Funkhauser. He had to go get himself killed in Pamplona just to make Marty pissed at Larry. This isn't a Hemingway novel, dude. Stay away from Pamplona. <laughs> and he gives the episode four out of five pretties. Oh, wow. The Marty's warehouse scene is very good. Cranston's performance makes this episode the best of the season so far. Wow. We next go on to Zach Brooks, who says, assuming you discussed this, but do you two like truffles? We did discuss that. Mm. Uh, we didn't really come up to a great answer. Mm. Um, a house with an elevator seems like more trouble than it's worth to me. Maybe it would be good if you're ever injured or from running with the bulls. Yes. Oh, that guy is Brian Cranston because it has to be an up and mm. down episode for Larry. But I got to give him the rare fucking ass all the week. His behavior trying to get a seat at the funeral was just too much. And while it was really funny, him describing how he couldn't break confidentiality, he couldn't come back from that. Yeah. Three and a half out of five. But all of Richard's the one who stole the sign, threw it on the ground and stole the seat. Yeah. Richard is worse than Larry, even in that, it, one in, in that scene. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I guess Larry has a cumul- Yeah, I mean, I yelling mean, at the by, by the end. Cry. Yes. By the end of the funeral, Larry has ruined it worse than Richard. <laughs> right. Yes, and accusing the dark person of being a terrorist. Yes. Um, although he did look at him like very much like. Yeah. Well, that's because uh, like his, his, his buddy, the, the guy who looks like. Oh, uh, uh, he was he was talking to was that right guy. Behind, was right behind Larry. Got yeah. it. Got it. So he yeah. wasn't. OK, I missed that part. That, that makes more sense. Uh, OK, yeah. So Larry's just racist. All right, fair. Yeah. Um, OK, anyway, the, the actor playing it was some random Hollywood Jew, I think. <laughs> probably although so was the guy who played the ayatollah so <laughs> yes um okay we end off with owen allen who says another delightful episode Ooh. felt like a real all the gang is together type episode basically every major recurring character having a specific role that is true i did when when funkhauser shows up i was like oh wow we got everyone in this episode yeah oh that's true you know we got cheryl and ted we got yeah. the greens we got funkhauser we got leon we got richard lewis it's, it's really true i i would I would venture to say this is probably the only episode that has all the people like that. No, we just had one recently where I mentioned that in the in my rating of the episode. Oh, really? 
It had literally everybody. It had Richard Lewis. Yeah, we saw Richard Lewis a couple episodes ago. Yeah, there's been another one in season nine. I forget which one. Yeah, now, I, it, know, was, it was episode it. one. It was there was episode one where uh-huh. they gave each star like a chance to do something. Which I right. Okay. All right. So I'm an idiot. Just as T- we just T- saw this. Ted didn't. Ted didn't do too much in that episode, but he was there. Right. All right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah that's fine. That's that counts. Um, yeah. All right. Fine. So they, they. I guess they did do it. Um, he then says. I love the setting at the art gallery and the funeral. The choice of the artwork in the bathroom was more funny to me than the F plot of the unzipping of the fly. Yeah. Oh, you, you commented on that as well. Was particularly drawn in by the triangles painting myself. Lewis's self portrait reminded me a lot of sour grape star Stephen Weber for some reason. I, I see that. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, he says, I love the humor around Kilani pulled all over like he was back in Pamplona. Uh, still a few lulls in Among the Highs. Strange to see Tim Watley turn up, but obviously he had a change of profession just so he could get to use all the psychiatry jokes. <laughs> the scene felt a bit too gentle and underplayed, though loved Larry's wriggling uncomfortably in the chair from the, from the office. Uh, he gives the rating a solid three out of five. He says the come with guy is Richard Lewis. He, lo- he loves Richard Lewis. He always gets into Richard Lewis. Uh, intriguing artwork helps to have something to talk about, and you can guarantee he won't be late for any arranged meetings with you. Also had the funniest bits and interactions of the episode. The fucking asshole is Jeff, who gets his deserved comeuppance. Mm. All right, so what is our overall uh, rating? That takes us to the end of the mailbag. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. <laughs> Our overall rating from the audience uh, is a 3.33, which was the 52nd overall episode for the audience. Uh, It's going to take a little bit of a nosedive, though, however, from your two and my three and a half, which averages it out to a 2.94 and the 63rd overall episode for the podcast. Mm. Apologies to the listeners for my hate. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. Next week, thank you for your service. You're welcome. Yes. Um, Larry will fail to be uh, suitably patriotic when he meets Sammy's fiance. He will try to reset his relationships with both his mail carrier and a security guard. And uh, let me just say, if you are a fan of The Postman, next week's episode of this podcast will be. Get a life, Jews.